Hello, everyone, and welcome into Debate Night yet again. We're back. Almost at episode 20. If Brody hadn't taken that trip to Hawaii, we would Gosh, be at episode 20. Dang. But, you know, Hawaii calls when it calls. We got to do something. We got to do something epic for episode 20. We need to do a giveaway. Okay. We haven't done a giveaway in a hot minute. No, it's been a while. And we're closing in on 15,000 subs. So I think on, on the YouTubes, over if you're listening on Spotify or Apple, we also appreciate you. I feel like sometimes we give too much love to YouTube and not enough to the listener podcast people. So we, we love all the people that listen to the podcast. Absolutely. We're getting close to 15K on YouTube, which is a big milestone for the Foundation Podcast channel. So... Yeah, we'll, we'll do a we'll do a giveaway once we once we uh, once we hit 15k maybe for the maybe well, we'll do a giveaway at 20 episodes and maybe we'll and hit then 50K maybe a bigger the same time. bigger giveaway oh double giveaway well I mean 20 episodes is next week I we're, mean I've seen people do crazier things that is true you never know that is true uh, today's podcast is sponsored by foundationdisc.com. so big shout out to them for sponsoring the podcast if you haven't gone over to foundationdisc.com, Check it out. Obviously, if you need anything for disc golf, they've got all your needs over there and also some pretty dope merchandise that just got apparel and stuff like that just got put up as well today. Some new hats, some new shirts, some new hoodies. Silas, are you going to be rocking any of the new merch on the store? Yeah, dude. It's pretty good stuff. I like the new like Naked Foundation logo. Naked foundation. Whoa, oh, whoa, whoa. That's what I'm going to call it. That's what Silas is dubbing it. Okay. That's what I'm going to Yeah, those guys over at Foundation, they've been killing it recently. <laughs> Props to them. If you guys don't know what the Naked Foundation logo is, it's just it's, this. It's the, our main logo without without the circle. It's just the triangle It's just part It's it. just it's the cool. mountains. I called it the mountain logo. Silas goes naked logo. I had an epiphany last night, Silas. This is, this, this is exactly what happened. I think it was 1030 that I texted you. I had a sweet tooth, right? I obviously have a sweet tooth. And I was like, I need something sweet. So I went in and I've got all these fresh mints. I still don't know why I have all of them. <laughs> you asked for them for Halloween. I know, but someone needs to take them because there's, there's so many of them. So I have these fresh mints and on these fresh mints, uh, we had uh, our that logo, just the triangle. Oh, oh just, just yeah, the mountain. Yeah, you took those. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm looking at it and I'm like, dude, this would look sick on a hat. And so I texted Hunter. I took a picture. I texted him. I love how you thought I wanted the words on there too. Well, I didn't understand. It was ten thirty. I I go to bed early. He thought I wanted a hat that had the logo. He's like, we got fresh, we got to put this on a hat. Underneath. And I was like, well, like that that might a be like a, a cool like vintage hoodie. You know what I mean? Like sometimes you have a hoodie that's like a Fanta hoodie or something. Yeah, no, that's to be cool. Foundation freshman hoodie. But yeah, go check out the new stuff over there, and uh, we're gonna keep it rolling. Uh, first thing I want to talk about: if you haven't watched, if you're listening to this right now. Obviously, if you're live, stay here. But if you're listening to us tomorrow or, you know, what is it? Wednesday, tomorrow, Thursday, whatever day, whatever day of the week, if you're listening to us and you have not watched the Connor Break 86 video, do yourself a favor. Give yourself a nice 45 minute break from whatever you're doing. Head on over and watch it. It is one of the best videos we probably have posted on the channel. It is an absolute roller coaster of emotions. And I feel like, especially if you don't know Connor that well, it will give you a good, good idea of who Connor is as a person. Is that fair to say? Yeah. You'll leave that video no matter what as a fan of Connor. I don't think there's a way. Yeah. And it will make you feel something. Yeah. We've had people comment that they've been crying watching this video. 
Uh, they said that it's better than the, a Netflix documentary. I mean, there's been a lot of comments. A lot of bold <laughs> statements have been made. Uh, my favorite was actually over on TikTok. Uh, I wanna, I'll read this comment. Uh, if you're not following us on TikTok. Dark Horse TikTok. What are you doing? Uh, I posted a, the, a video of Connor like, hitting a putt. And uh, Andrew Robinson commented and said, how do I explain to people that a man throwing plastic for an electric unicycle affects me emotionally? And I responded, I just said, just own it. <laughs> But I thought that was a funny comment. Mustard yellow. Mustard. Do yeah. you know about mustard yellow yet, Silas? Oh, no, I didn't. Silas, I wa- no. you watched it. You watched yeah, it. Yeah, I watched it. Oh, I was okay. coming back from Raleigh. Oh, so you know mustard yellow. I was driving back from Raleigh watching it. Heck yeah. Yeah, it was a great video. Dude, it was, it was well done. One. Well done. Um, you got to stick around for the back nine, though. Yes. You have to watch the whole video. You got to sit down with a bucket of popcorn. It's like The Office. Yeah. It's like The Office. The first season sucks, and then it just gets incredible, and you cry at the end. Yes, it's basically what go. it is. Yeah, same thing. Uh, who do you guys have this week, Jake Paul or Woodley in the rematch? Jake Paul. Jake Paul. Same pick. Really? Yeah. Do you think the tables have turned a little bit in the situation where everyone was like thinking like I mean it wasn't that long ago that everyone was thinking Nate Robinson, a former basketball player that had no business being in the ring, was going to knock Jake Paul out. Do you think everyone has has seen him enough times now to be like? If a real boxer doesn't step in the ring, they are going to lose. Jake Paul was going to murder Tommy Fury. I think so too. Tommy Fury is not a boxer. I know he is a boxer, but like I watched his fight when Jake Paul fought Woodley the first time. It was not good. And no. He claimed- what was hilarious was the Barstool commentary on it where they were like, Tommy, just trust me, <laughs> you're a model. You're not a boxer. Just like you look amazing, guy, dude. Just <laughs> stick with modeling, stay out of the ring. He- but they're right. He claimed that uh, that he did that on purpose. Yeah, anyone he, would say I would say that, which I thought was a very I've never heard that before in the boxing or MMA thing where they they claim that they looked like crap in order to get a fight. Yeah, that's not true. I've never heard anyone use that true. as no an, as an argument. That's exactly so. what I would say if I was Tommy Fury and everyone's like, "You looked like crap. You looked like crap." And for example. Great example of this. Just watch the golf video tomorrow, <laughs> and oh, you'll gosh. and you'll see exactly what Tommy Fury was doing. I will say though, in boxing, like there is a lot more questions. Like I have a lot more questions in boxing matches of like fixed matches. What does it say in the contract? All these kind of exhibition things. Where if I'm watching like a UFC or a Bellator or one championship, if I'm watching something like that, I know that both people going in are trying to win. And there's not any funny business going on where boxing, like, I don't, I just don't know, especially when you're not like trying to win a belt, right? I don't know, like, are you just there to get a paycheck and then that's it? You know, like, there's there's definitely, definitely yeah, that's what I'm saying. There's a, there's a definitely a little bit more of a, like, it wouldn't surprise me if like Woodley, if there was something in there, not, not this fight, but like in the last fight, people were talking about like there was a no knockout clause. It wouldn't surprise me if there was in there of where it's like, Woodley, you're not allowed to knock me out. That would have surprised me. But it wouldn't have, if the, he, if Woodley was getting paid like 750000 or 500000 It only would have surprised me just because Jake Paul would be worried of that getting out. Mm, I mean, it did get out. But it did, but it's not real. How do you know that? I just, I don't think it is. <laughs> I just would be... Speculation. Yeah, it is speculation, speculation, but I would be shocked if it were real. But it'll be, it's going to be interesting. You also have the other fight that is going to be <clears throat> interesting as well as far like 
casual fans is going to be the Frank Gore, who is like one of the all-time best running backs of of the NFL. I think he's third all-time rushing running back. He's taking on Darian, Darren Williams, who, uh, I mean, Frank Gore, I, I believe, retired last year or two years ago. Darren Williams is a, was a point guard in the league for many, many years, but I think he's been retired for a bit. But Darren Williams is an owner of an MMA gym, mm. and I believe he's in there a lot. So that's I think that's the, the third to last fight. And then the co-main, I believe, is the um, – I don't know her name. But she was on. She was the co-main in his last fight, Jake mm. Paul's last fight. They're like buddy buddies, so uh, it'll be interesting. I mean, obviously, I'm going to be tuning in, and uh, we'll see. Uh, my hat is for those watching right now. This is an Ohio State hat, and I'm just trying to, you know, I'm still just trying Dude, to. You must feel bad. I do feel bad, but hey, Dark Horse were actually decent at basketball this year, so that's always nice. It's always like a good. Could you imagine if Ohio State's better than Duke again this year? Mm-hmm. I'm, uh, it's not going to happen. What if Ohio State knocks Duke out? That could happen in the tournament. Yeah. Duke, Duke in the tournament. Duke either wins or we lose to a very stupid team, and there's no in between. The Buckeyes aren't a very stupid team. Buc- we already lost y'all once. Buckeyes are very good. And when we lost, I was like, "Hey, we just lost to a very stupid team." No, no, no. They're not stupid. All right, let's jump into it. Uh, the first thing I want to talk about is what is everyone's opinion on the just like the the schedule of these announcements. So the Disc Golf Pro Tour, they posted previously what the schedule was going to be. And it was like, you know, there's four awards, right? There's Rookie of the Year, Most Improved, Player of the Year, and the, oh wait, is that it? That's it. There's four yeah. announcements because they announced the Player of the Year on two different days. That's what they're doing. Okay. So three, there's three uh, three awards across two different divisions. And they're doing it across four days. What are your guys' thoughts on that? I mean, do you even have thoughts? Do you even care? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't. I think the reason they're doing it is just so that they like each get the attention that they deserve in a certain way. Um, so like they can just like post them and not have it like just one big post and then you just like swipe through and you don't give the attention it deserves. I would just. I think it would have been cooler to like have like a disc golf network exclusive like award like show, show of like yeah. these are the nominees or like these were the top four fan votes would you get like all four people like on zoom that are like in the running I think to and they're start all like it, sitting there like to start it get just the winner waiting, queued up just on get zoom. the winner okay. but eventually you know yeah. it could turn into like the disc golf award show where like people come out and are dressed up and, like, yeah dress up. yeah like okay. you you know in charlotte you know you're going you're going to charlotte for the award show in december or something could be nasty. I like, mean, they, they could do it. Regardless, they could do it like the day after the tour championship. They also could do that, or the day before, or the day before. They also like could before do that. the tournament because the, tur- the season's over when they get to the tour. Championship. Yeah, like I don't think I, I personally don't think the tour championship should really hold that much weight. Well, it doesn't. It, it's tough. In, in, I don't think awards, it should make sense in, in awards because it's it's a postseason thing. Correct. So, like the NBA MVP is announced before the playoffs, playoffs. happen because then there's a playoff MVP mm-hmm. and I'm, I think it's pretty much the same in every other sport like I I believe winning the tour championship and the money alone is like the prestigious stuff around it yeah it shouldn't I don't in. think yeah I don't think they should factor that in because again at the end of the day it's a different format than any other format and also well, they're literally calling this upcoming season which I know that this wasn't this past season but this upcoming season they're literally calling regular season playoffs. regular season playoffs yeah that's right. And so it'll be interesting to see if they, if they, keep, up, it, if they yeah. keep it that way or not. Um, yeah, my short answer to that is I think I think you probably just try to make one big post about it. 
and it does yeah. feel a little bit drawn out. Also, as we go into it, I think it would have made the rookie of the year situation not as big of a deal if it had everything come out at once versus making a single post about it and then everyone's going to be talking about it. So going into it, rookie of the year, uh, I believe they nailed it on the head. Uh, I don't I don't really see really anyone else vying for that spot on the MPO side. I feel like Gannon Burr was an obvious choice there. Um, and looking at his kind of uh, schedule from the previous year, he only played, I believe, one Disc Golf Pro Tour event last year. I think it was Jonesboro, if I'm correct. Um, ended up not finishing terrible. I think he ended up cashing potentially. But he played one Pro Tour last year, and then the previous year, he ended up, uh, that was the year that he ended up playing Open. So that, to me, makes a whole lot of sense. But he didn't cash any of those because he's a PDGA rookie this year. He's the PDGA rookie of the year as well. He didn't cash at any... Like he might have cashed, but he didn't accept cash. Would it say zero on his PDGA thing then? Or would it still say... If he accepted cash it? last year, it was after AM Worlds. Because that's when your rookie season for the okay. following year starts. Okay. But the year before that... But he, would it say zero next to it? Or would it say yeah. the money that you refused No, it to says cash? zero. It there there zero? wouldn't be any okay. money. Um, but yeah, let's, let's, let's go into it. I mean, let's first talk about the whole Juliana Corver thing. I'll, I'll start with this. I think obviously if you were paying attention to our tweets and Instagram and stuff like that, like the first thing is like, we aren't, it's not about Juliana at all. Mm -mm. And it's more about just the actual award. And I feel like in every other sport, like so many awards are so silly and like, because a lot of them aren't very, uh, based off of like statistics, right? There it's a lot of it is this idea of like, fan voting or you have a committee and a lot of recency bias where they kind of forget what happened early in the season, all that stuff. And so there's a lot of, I mean, this happens in every sport of where people are just being like, no way that person should have won, yada, yada, yada. So there's, it would have been, I feel like it would have been nice to kind of start off because this is the first year I believe they did it, right? The, the awards, did they do it last year? They might have done it, but they redid their, uh, they, this criteria? is definitely the first year under this criteria. Under this criteria. And I think that is the issue that a lot of people are having is, and it'd be, it, I hope people call in to kind of give some of their thoughts on this. Cause I know a lot of people were like, no, no, she should have won yada, yada, yada. And they gave examples. And I feel like the examples just don't really None of them add make up. Sense. They don't make sense. I already saw someone bring up the MLB example. Makes no sense, but I'll, I'll explain Talking that. About like each row and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So what I think the, the, obviously you can dig into it a little bit more, but I think the real issue is disc golf is such a small sport in the sense that like everyone kind of knows everyone, right? You can't really be very good at disc golf and people don't know who you are. And so even though this was her rookie year on the disc golf pro tour, cause she didn't play in it last year. And obviously the disc golf pro tour didn't exist years ago. Um, this is considered her, I would say first year on the disc golf pro tour in the sense of like rookie, I'll just say this. When someone tells you this, does this sound like a rookie to you? 230 career wins, eight-time major champion, five-time world champion, woman's 45-plus distance world, world record holder. Like that resume to me doesn't sound like someone that's about to win a rookie of the year. And well, so that I, would be impossible. And so I think, I think that's where like the biggest disconnect is, is like under the criteria – 
she 100% was the rookie of the yeah, year. Yeah, that was never the argument. The argument is like, should the criteria be written in a certain way or, or changed in a certain way to where something like this doesn't happen again? Because you also... Well, no, that, they, they, the Pro Tour 100% will change it before next year. Oh, okay, you think no there, doubt there's enough mind. there's enough feedback that there's no way. Well, you, I just imagine uh, a group of like however many people were in there, and they like had their criteria that they had put out, and they put it into the system, and it spits back Juliana Corver, and they all look at each other like, we can't actually do that, right? And then one of them's like, well, I mean, it's her rookie season on the Pro Tour, we have to. <laughs> what are you supposed to do? Not give it to a five time world champion who might be the greatest player of all time? Give it to Stacey Ronsley, who's what a true rookie. Why would we do that? That mm. makes it like surely they were sitting there going, "This doesn't make sense." But like yeah. they went ahead and posted it. I mean, my thing is the argument from every other sport doesn't make sense for one main reason. You're looking at the MLB where they have players coming from Japan. You look at the NBA where you have players playing in China, all these other places. Here's the biggest difference: when you're playing in Japan, you're not playing at the highest level of the sport because you're not playing the MLB. Correct. When you're playing in China and in Australia and wherever the players come from, you're not playing on the highest level of the sport because you're not playing in the NBA. Mm-hmm. When Juliana Corver was playing back in her day, she was playing at the highest level of the sport. She won five of the most prestigious titles that you possibly can win, world championships, as well as eight total majors, so three more of the other most prestigious, and then 230 wins, many of them being national tours X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. She played at the top level of the sport. She's also been considered in the conversation of the greatest player of all greatest, time, greatest female player yeah. of all time. So when you're looking at that, she's not a rookie. I understand the technicality that this was her first mm-hmm. full season on the pro tour, blah, blah, blah. My biggest issue is Juliana Corver, even when she accepted the award was like, this seems a little bit unfair. I mean, I have 230 wins, you know, I have all this, like this, it doesn't well, really seem right, but too, cause she brought up, is. she brought up that she had lost. She didn't win rookie of the year in 1996. Yeah. That's, that's what I thought was funny. Cause she basically said like 1996 was her rookie year. Yeah. So and, to me, I mean, then that's, you know, that's 24 is, years ago. And I'm surprised that people aren't sometimes disc golf confuses me the things people get upset about and don't get upset about. Uh, maybe it's partially just because some people, when I tweet, are just everything I say, they're like, I have to be against this guy, so I'm going to contradict what I've said previously. I think people do like going up against you. But uh, regardless, <laughs> it just surprised me that no one was just like, hey, you know, I, I can see where this is kind of messed up for Stacey Ronsley or Macy Valadez or whoever That's who what, is like, this is their is only that? chance at Rookie of the Year ever PDGA, blah, blah, blah. What Ella Hansen is going to be the PDGA rookie of the year, but again, on the Pro Tour, I believe Stacey Ronsley was the name I heard is going to, is like second place for this reward. But regardless, there's a list of players who this was their rookie season. This is the only chance at an award. And imagine being them being like, I did everything. And then like the player I looked up to for years and years because she was the greatest player, you know, of her generation, possibly one of the best of all time, definitely one of the best of all time, possibly the best of all time, just took rookie of the year for me. Yeah, I'll add like, on. How, your, how do you argue that? Like, it makes no sense. You're uh, you're you're talking about where people are talking about the MLB or NBA, right? Where you have guys playing in Europe and then come over and for the rookie year in the NBA, or guys over in Asia and come over. The I think the other thing there too is like the casual fan has no idea who these people are. Yeah. Until there's talks about them coming over, and then maybe hype starts getting built up and whatnot. But everyone knew everyone in disc golf knows who Juliana is. So that's yeah. where it's when they when you hear her name and rookie, everyone's like, What? 
Th- yeah. That doesn't make sense. So I think that's one of the big problems. And the secondary question I have too is like the way they wrote the rules. It just says it hasn't started yeah. in three pro tours Where you take a in break? a recent number of years. Take like a hiatus. So could Paul McBeth take a 15-year hiatus come from the pro tour, the come back and win rookie of the year? Or like what if Nate Daw stepped back in right now? Like no doubt Ken Climo could come in next year. Scott Stokely is actually the better example because he's training he's actually, to go on yeah, tour. Yeah, he's actually touring. Yeah. Like if Scott Stokely won next year, I again would be like, this guy's not a rookie. <laughs> like that doesn't... That doesn't make sense. It's not about the age thing because if this was Juliana Corver's true rookie year, she didn't have any accolades. No age, and she age, was still in her mid forties or however old she is. Age doesn't matter. You're a rookie. That that's great. You, the performance as a rookie is what matters. But mm-hmm. to me, I'm just like you're. She's not a rookie. Even she was like, this is kind of unfair. I'm not a rookie. Like and everyone then, sees so, it. She's so not a rookie. rookie. Like one year or your first year as a pro. That? Your first yeah. year as a pro. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's what the rule should be then. Yeah, right. especially Your now that, and this is pro. why I know they'll well, change it's, it. It's you pick tricky from people it's, that their first year of pro tour. Yeah, well, this yeah. is also the way that I know they'll change it is because the pro tour is now the official yeah. tour of the PDGA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you can't this, have a PDGA, a non-PDGA rookie win pro tour rookie of the year. Like yeah. that's not going to happen. Right. And th- going on to your other topic that I thought, where you're saying like you're 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 in, you, you find it odd that no one's really fighting for these other rookies that might have th- this might have really helped them get publicity to maybe get a bigger contract next year or even get a contract yeah. if they didn't have it that's where i find it very odd because i do think people pick and choose uh who they like and who they want to support and basically turn a blind eye and be like i can't say anything negative about that person no. because i saw when i signed my contract with discraft so many disc golfers came out either as themselves saying like, I should be sponsored, not you. I've been grinding or other people are like, Hey, my local pro that I know doesn't have a contract with any manufacturer. He should get it over Brody. What the heck? This is bull crap. And in the contract world, like it's very hard to argue that because at the end of the day, it's like, if you bring money into a manufacturer, they're going to be happy with this where like, this is an award that they can literally decide like, who should get the award. And that's where it's just, it's wild to me that I did not see the same energy on that post of where people are saying like, Hey, these people had a really good rookie season. They worked their butt off and it sucks that unfortunately by the way that the criteria is written, that they are going to miss out because next year, guess what? They're not a rookie. Oh anymore. yeah. And the other thing, they, Juliana, they don't have a chance. Juliana Corver has been in the disc golf hall of fame for 13 years, longer than the pro tours existed. <laughs> Because that's why oh, the, the thing that I think is funny is Trevor's like, imagine like you walk into the disc golf museum thing they have down in, in uh, the IDGC. You're like, oh, Juliana Corver. And it's like all these accolades, world champion, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, this has to be a typo. It says 2021 rookie of the year. <laughs> like there's a 15 year gap between your last world championship and this. Like, can you win? Here, here's a wild question. You're right. I don't even know if you guys want to hear this. Can you win rookie of the year if you switch divisions? No. No. (laughs) That's a tricky one there. What do you think about that? Well, according to the current P, like current, what if the what current if Paige Pro Tour, decided to play? What are the rules? In, what if Paige decided to play an NPO? Well, I'm just next saying year? the current the current Pro Tour stipulations just say you didn't play X amount of Pro Tour events in previous years. So it doesn't, it doesn't say about anything division. about divisions. So it's just events. Okay. 
That would be wild. There, there's a lot of people disagreeing in chat with you. Oh, I know there's a lot of people that disagree. Well, I hope you they call. call I hope they call in. Yeah. I know there's a lot of people that disagree. Um, I think, <laughs> I think uh, the other awards. Let's go into most improved. I think that one is an interesting one for me as well. I think a lot of these awards, it's obviously everyone has a different opinion on what does most improved mean. My opinion, most improved is not someone that was a top 20 player and is now a top 10 player. My most improved is someone that was like a top 50 player and is like now a top 15 or 20 player. Like they jumped from barely cashing to now they're like in the mix at some tournaments. To me, that's most improved. You look at that, like if, you, if you're thinking about like the NBA, that's like the one that pops out the most is like most improved. I think they might do it in the NFL too, but the NBA is the one that I know the most. It's normally not going to like a superstar, like one of the better players on the team. It's normally going to a guy that was on the bench and is now a starter and not someone that was a starter and now is a star. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, the most improved, I think it's going to be hard to ever have a lot of pushback because most improved is a very just subjective award. Everyone that's has, one thing. That's too, what I'm saying. I'm not is, saying you're, you're wrong. I'm no, not saying yeah. I'm not saying if you think it should be from 20, the guy that goes 20 to five that you're wrong for picking most improved. I'm just saying you're, I, you I feel s- like it's different. I feel like it's 50 to 20. Yeah. Well, that's what I think is I love awards in sports is like because very few people ever agree that like who it went to. there's sometimes where it's obvious like this person should be mvp yeah. or player of the year but a lot of times it's like when was the last time that we were like when was the last time too that we really had something to talk about too like this is i think this is awesome that we have this topic yeah. to talk about because like we were i mean we were what i'll say about the most improved just position wise is i think the jump at least in disc golf and other sports this might not be true in disc golf, I think the jump from 50th to 20th is a lot easier jump to make than mm-hmm. from 20th to 3rd or 20th to 5th. Mm. So to me, even though the most improved like numbers-wise would be the person who went from 50th to 20th, the person that went from 20th to 5th, I think, improved more. Now, one thing you have to like look at, I guess, is just like, is that person also going to end up being player of the year? I don't really think that matters. Is yeah. that person end up going to be... What like rookie of the year and most improved? I think that's impossible. Yeah, that has to be impossible. Yes. So never mind. Throw what I was about to say out the window because you can't be most improved as your rookie season. But the most improved, obviously, fiftieth to twentieth, it's a bigger jump. But I think twentieth to like where you're already a quote unquote star, as you were saying, to fifth where you're more of a star. Like mm-hmm. I think both people are just as eligible for the award. Yeah. No. Uh, again, it's like there's no wrong in the sense. It's just like we talked about. There's different people have different opinions. Like I think Maddie O could be thrown in that most improved potentially, um, but it's also kind of wild too because like it also can highly dictate on like how much someone plays. You know, they might have only played a couple tournaments the previous year and then they played a lot more. Uh, but yeah, I think there Kyle Klein obviously. The dude dominated this year multiple times, uh, picking up a disc golf pro tour win at Idlewild, um, and then having some really close finishes there as well. And obviously that guy's on the up and up and is going to be in contention at a lot of tournaments next year. Just the way that his game is, uh, there's not many tournaments that he's going to get, go into thinking that he can't win. So that was a great award for him. And then obviously Missy Gannon too, not a hard one there either on the FPO side. Uh, someone that has been in, you know, that would, 
that would be more like someone that's kind of been in in the mix. And obviously on the FPO side too, with a lot of these, um, with just a smaller field, it, it, I think you're going to see a lot more of someone that was like 15th and now is like fifth or fourth or third or whatever. Like you're going to see that a lot more on the FPO side just because the field size is smaller. There's a better chance of that happening versus mm-hmm. MPO. You've got, you know, five, six, seven, ten guys that are all in that mix trying to get to that spot. So that's fine. They did just announce that Missy Gannon did win player of the year this year, which I think that's a miss. Uh, again, not a, not a slight at Missy at all. I think she had an incredible season. Um, but I think if you look at if you look, well, first off, uh, do we know if the criteria for player of the year there is 25% outside of disc golf pro tour events? It, like this so, world or majors or any of that stuff factor in at all? It's so points wise. No, it's 25% tour finish, 25% tour points, 25% fan vote, 25% media vote. Okay. So I think for me again, like the tour, the tour finish, like the tour championship finish, I don't think that should be in any sort of, um, it's just such a wild thing. And like, it's, it's reset. Like any given day, someone can win. So I think that is a, I mean, as we saw like Nathan queen, he just hit the hot streak. Right. And you get hot, you can win that tournament. Um, I don't know. I just don't think that should be in the awards category. And then when you add in to where now it's like 25% fan, 25% uh, media, whoever that is, I have no. Do we have any idea how many media people there are? Mm-mm. Like, what if there's like four media people? Yeah, no, there's got to be more than that. But, I mean, who's who's the on, question? We don't know. Do is, like, is, 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 is media? Is media? Is it, is on media? It's got to be. That, it's got to be at least the Disc Golf Network media, which would be like the Disc Golf Network podcast hosts. All of them. The question is, does it expand beyond to the coverage team, such as Jomez, all that, Old T World, yeah. Johnny Disc Golf, or, or is it just? The pro tour media that, that this is where said, I think though media. this is where I think also that it is very uh, gosh it, it's so hard to tell because the co- the coverage is so limited that you're literally only seeing the people that are playing like on camera like the four people that are playing on camera you're not like you see like, it's hard to get a gauge you're gonna go you're gonna think more well, for player of the year the player would have to be on camera. No, no, you're right. But I'm saying like, you're going to think more about the stuff you saw, like visually watching than on paper. Like, do you think, do you think they're going back and actually looking at finishes and seeing clearly not, or are they, or are they just remembering that Mr. Gannon won the tour championship and example of recency bias a little bit, not because Missy Gannon didn't have an incredible season because she did. Um, She had the third best season of the FPO. That's a great total season. season. Yes. Yeah. yeah she yeah, was yeah. the third. She had the third best season out. But of the all thing FPL is, players. when you bring voting in, it's, it's like an you're incredible. Saying, it was an incredible season. Yeah. When you when you say vote, when you bring voting in, you're ending out. The voting goes out a few weeks after she wins the Throw Pink Women's, which I know that's not factored in points wise, but uh, which I I do think this is a side note funny. Juliana Corver, everyone's saying like only factor in the Pro Tour, blah blah blah. But then in the Pro Tour's post of like trying to explain Missy Gannon. They First thing is. they say is throw pink women's disc golf championship and tour back to back. And I'm like, that's why well, if you're going to look outside, then why are we giving to Julian? Regardless. Um, but in media and fan votes heads, obviously that's a big factor in the throw pink women's disc golf championship followed by the tour championship. When mm-hmm. she also picked up a lot of steam towards the end of the year, 
So when you get to the end of the year, it felt like Missy Gannon was like only player you're thinking about in FPO. And that's, I think what we're seeing here, but it overall, if you look at the whole season, just strictly finishes. And I would imagine if you went head to head, it probably should have went to Paige Pierce. I think she had six pro tour wins. So like Missy yeah. Gannon's, uh, Missy Gannon won one and then had a, a silver, silver series, series and the tour championship. And tour championship. So, and pages six didn't include a silver series, I don't believe. I don't think so. So, I mean, it, it's a hard one. If I'm, Paige is such a, Paige is Missy Gannon's, I think, one of her best friends. So, Paige probably is like in a weird state of like, I Good wish job, I won it, but, but also like my best yeah. friend won it. Um, so, we're not going to hear from Paige on this. I would guarantee that. No. Um, I think, because like last year we, when it went to Katrina Allen over page the pdj one did and that was messed up and then the pdj like backpedaled and gave it to co awards we did hear from like several different players of like this is messed up i don't think we're gonna hear from in this situation just because again missy gannon had the best end of the season Mm -hmm. to where if you don't look at the stats if you don't go onto the pdga this makes complete sense like if you just feel it like when missy when you told me yeah it's the recency bias yeah when you told me i was like okay and then I was like, but should it go to Paige? Yeah, and I look, and then I pulled up all the yeah. The, and then you look, and you're like, it probably should have went like, to Paige. Ah, that's tough. But this one is just something where once you bring voting in, which they did, fan vote and media mm-hmm. vote, that makes up fifty percent of it. Um, obviously, the tour championship was a big thing that went into her favor because they didn't say she won the media vote. They said she won the fan vote, and then she won the tour championship, so that she has two things going for her there. Fifty percent. That's fifty percent of yeah. the thing already. So once you factor that in, like, and their tour, her tour points she, were probably at three or two. Yeah, and then she probably got several media, media and votes in general. Enough. And yeah. that's, that was enough. I think it, it's definitely an interesting situation. I think too, like, obviously, like, who cares, right? That could be like, who cares, right? That could be that could be an argument why you guys care so much. I think to well, I mean, me, that's why we have a podcast. Well, yeah, if we uh, didn't care. Well, yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't be sitting here. But I think, I think as a player myself too, and also someone that obviously advocates for, uh, you know, tr- always trying to figure out how players on tour can make a living, and more players on tour can come and make a living. The the way the tour is going to eventually go is you're not you could potentially see someone like Missy Gannon have a breakout season, play really really well, and then go into a slump, right? If the competition was good enough, right now that's not the case. Like Missy Gannon is probably going to be a top five player, top ten player next year. But what if there were 120 killers on the FPO? Can she guarantee herself being in the top 10 year after year after year? Probably not. So my thought is like, if you have someone that's say, let's say they're 50th in the world and they have a breakout season, they just, they pull together a couple wins and they just play out of their minds for a couple tournaments and they become player of the year. They should have stuff in their contracts with their manufacturers, their sponsors and stuff that should give them a nice bonus for that. And again, like the money right now in disc golf isn't quite there to where that bonus money could be huge and beneficial for them. So that's where I think it does kind of matter of like, hey, let's try to iron these out. So that way in the future, this doesn't like obviously Paige and Kat, if they did have a player of the year thing, they're not hurting for cash. So it's like, who cares? Right. But like, what if someone that doesn't have that massive contract, but had something in there where it's like, hey, if you get player of the year, 
we'll give you 10k bonus at the end like that could be really really helpful for to them so that's something to think about it would probably make the the trophy more like meaningful too you know yeah, if there's something attached to it, because I don't think I don't I don't think the Disc Golf Pro Tour is giving away any money for the awards. No, not that I'm aware of. Not yeah, I think they would have said that. Yeah, they would have. I think. Um, but I do know that it is probably something, or it will probably be put into players' contracts in the yeah. future with sponsors of like, hey, whatever. So, yeah, but that that's a. I was surprised. It's it's definitely tough because, like I said, when you're looking at it, just fully gut feeling wise and i think when people voted that's what we saw is like before like i cast a ballot in it right i picked page but before i picked page i didn't go look at the pdga stats to see i just went and tried to think through like in my head i was thinking between page and cat so i guess that's why my head was a little bit different but i could see where like if you were like if you were just watching the sport and you watch the season and it gets to the voting time and you go on and you're scrolling through and you see missy gann you'd be like oh wow she just won these last two events and mm-hmm. especially the throw pink women's was an eight tier but felt like a major so yeah. it felt like she just won a major and then might as well have been another major with the amount of money and pressure on that line and so it felt like she just went back to back majors to end the season so like what are your what are your guys' thoughts on this what what if the players voted top top 50 players in the world voted so now you know you're getting it from your peers how they, many they have that they have that in at some, what point up i guess you can't vote for yourself should be the rule well yeah you're not yeah. voting for yourself yeah, I feel like but i was like, gonna say because at what point at what point up the ratings does everyone just vote for themselves no but <laughs> but uh Especially they have they have your contract a bonus they have yeah. some awards they have some awards like this oh, in like, other um, sports and and people talk a lot about how these awards mean so much because it's coming from their competitors i was it's talking to from, someone i was talking to someone at um one of the manufacturers about this similar thing because they said they were taught like i forget if the pro tour brought it up who brought it up Someone brought it up that like the manufacturers and stuff could vote, like should possibly have a say. I hate that. And well, yeah, but one of the the whoever this person from one of the manufacturers was like, well, the tough part is like I'm casting the vote for the person on my team every time. Like how how am I supposed to? It's like in of course you are. It's like in uh, high school. My uh, my high school for like all the uh, all state teams and stuff like that. The coaches voted. And so uh, year after year, it was like a weird thing because the coaches would vote. You'd have like a five-player roster and the coaches would, you could vote for two or three people from your own team. And so every coach would vote for like two or three people Mm -hmm. from their own team first. So like everyone had votes. And so it really just like, it it was just a weird thing. But that's kind of what would similarly happen if you had players or, because like you also would get into situations where players, where like feelings might get involved of like. No, it's it's an anonymous vote. No, but if I sat down and you had been, me and you just had beef all year, I don't care about your season. I'm not voting for you. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. But I mean, I'm just saying. Makes sense. I think there should Some be people a committee. Are, I, I think there right. should be a committee. Whatever. Terrible I like, idea. I like a committee just because. I had a terrible idea. I like I a like committee that. just because then you have someone to get mad at. <laughs> like everyone should be like, dude, the committee just sucked this year. But now it's like. To get mad at us, the fans, you get mad at the media, the or you get trash. Like, yeah, like at least like I'd feel better if I like could shake my fist at the man and be like, "Screw you, committee, you messed up." But like here, it, this is way less criminal than the year Katrina Allen won. Was it was it literally last year? It was last year, PDGA. yeah. Katrina Allen over Paige Pierce last year felt way more criminal than this because Paige had a very dominant season. Mm. This year, Paige went through spurts where like she just didn't so really it messed up two there. years in a row. 
Well, no, th- this is the PDGA. the PDGA. Oh, okay, okay. This is the Pro Tour. Gotcha. And this one, like, did they technically mess up? Sure, but because of recency bias, it just doesn't feel it. Like, it yeah. doesn't... I'm not... I, I didn't even tweet about it. I didn't do anything. Because, like, I... I wasn't. I'm not that mad. Well, you didn't want to get canceled. Um, How did right. I get canceled? I thought Missy Gannon had an incredible season. So, I have nothing bad to say about Missy Gannon. So, well, yeah, yeah. I don't have anything bad to say about Missy Gannon either. So that, then how did I get canceled? Don't worry about it. So, <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't worry about. I it. I don't know why I thought this. Maybe it's because the maybe it's because Disc Golf Pro Tour keeps posting Ultimate Frisbee stuff, and so it's like bringing me back to Ultimate Frisbee. But I thought, I mean, this would never happen. First off, I just want to say that this will never happen. And it is an actual terrible idea. We're gonna make this happen. Uh, but for, they did post about it. They yeah. did post about. It, but you know, it's a po- we're a podcast. We say ridiculous things all the time. So why not? Let's do it. It's what I do for a living. We're gonna do a little draft of the top. We're gonna pick from the top twenty MPO and top twenty FPO players in the world off of UDIS rankings, and we're gonna draft our four MPO players. In our four or three, excuse me, FPO players for our seven person mixed ultimate frisbee team. Now, the reason why this would never happen is at least one or two people would get injured. If we actually did do an ultimate frisbee like exhibition game with disc golfers, people people would get injured. It it would be bad. Really? You think so? A hundred percent, Silas. There are people. Especially if we if some of the people we pick right now. Do you think you would get injured? No, because I would train myself and I'd be yeah. smart on the field. But there would be people that don't know what they're doing, which are well. Also, that's super. I mean, have you ever played pickup basketball with people that don't know what they're doing? It's like yes. one of the most dangerous things ever because you go up in the air and they're like flaw, flying in. Like it's very dangerous to play sports with people that don't know what they're doing. So this would never happen, but. It's going to be fun to do it. And uh, I think you, people, would, the bigger risk of injury would just be from like running hard for an extended period of time and cutting. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff that they're not used like to. Like, it's not you. Like, when you're you train for disc golf, you don't yeah. need to train like high intensity cardio. You just train yeah. like low intensity cardio because you're just walking. Maybe there needs to be money on the line. There's also a reason well, that, that, would, this, that wouldn't stop injuries. That would make no. injuries worse no, but if there was money on the line. train. If there was enough money on the line. No. No. They there's, no there's no point they to train for an exhibition ultimate match. You just show up and blow a hammy. Also, I'm not... I, I wouldn't that really, would be my plan. I wouldn't really consider... I wouldn't really say what I'm saying is calling out people for not being athletes. Disc golfers not being athletes. I think... No, they, you, they're athletes I think it's, for disc golf. Yeah, I think... It's a, different, it's a different sport. I think we are all aware that if you were talking about pulling, uh, pulling uh, someone from one sport into another sport... That is a very demanding running sport, jumping sport, cutting sport. You're probably not thinking like Formula One drivers, NASCAR drivers, golfers, disc yeah. golfers. You're not probably picking from those people to be like, oh yeah, those people. Would, if you if you like, took golfers those, those to basketball, are, there would still be a high chance of injury. Because absolutely, because they're, they're training, not doing that. They're training to play golf. Yes, they're not training to cut and sprint. Yeah, so like that's, your sport doesn't Phil require Mickelson running it. down the court. It's yeah, not, Phil Mickelson's not going to posterize someone with a dunk. It's not. It's not really a slight at them. It's just something no, that they don't train. They don't train. You're at. a different type of athlete. Um, okay, so we're gonna do a snake. We're gonna do a little snake action. So, um, well, actually, we're not because I don't think there's I don't think there's like a real advantage of picking first or third. So I'll go in the middle. I'll take second. Okay. 
We'll give Silas first. No. Well, I have a number oh, behind. No. I have a number. Oh, I have, oh, okay. I have a number okay, behind. Okay. That. You take okay. first, man. Oh, you just want to give it to Hunter? Yeah, I'll give, I'll it, give it. Why can't I just give it to Silas? Nope, no, you're I'm getting Hunter's, it Hunter's, Hunter's taking it. But now I have to have the first pick. I didn't want yeah, the first pick because I don't want the first out of twenty. Because yeah, who I pick yeah, here? I'm gonna you're going it. MPO, so I'm going to write it down, and then at the end we can kind of discuss. We'll I'll say everyone's team. Oh boy. Um. We okay. So here we go. First pick in the never going to happen. Disc golf to ultimate frisbee exhibition goes. Kevin Jones. Good pick. Dang it! That's what I, was I just looked at it. He, I think he's the most athletic. He played college football. That's a good pick. He did. Yeah, he was a kicker, but no one just know that. Oh, he did play college football. All right, Kevin. You have Jones. to be in good shape to play college football, no matter what what position you're in. To be a kicker, you still All have to be in good shape. You still go to team workouts. I am going to go with. Hmm. It does. It should be a snake draft. Silas should get to pick twice. I am all right. Silas, you're picking twice. I'm going with Calvin. Interesting. Calvin Heimberg. I feel like there's a player. We, the should we? Should we kind of explain? Should we do like a quick expl- explanation of why we're picking that person? I did. Yeah, go okay. for it. Uh, I have seen Calvin run. Many of these people on the top twenty, I've never seen run. He doesn't look unathletic when he runs. He's also nearly the same height as me. He's very tall, very lanky, normally tends to be a very good receiver potential. And uh, yeah, I think I think he could be a very good deep receiver. So I'm going with Calvin. Okay. Now, Silas, you get the first you get the third pick MPO and then the first FPO pick. That is oh, true. Yeah, so we're gonna, FPO, yeah, so we're gonna go since we're doing uh, four MPO players, we're gonna go round one, three five and seven mpo and then two four six fpo fpo okay um so for number for mpo mm-hmm. i'm going with i'm going with ricky mm-hmm. that's a good pick okay. that's a good pick he, he doesn't pick. look unathletic um but well, he's not it's a good pick. Well, look well, yeah 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 uh I've never seen him run, but you never seen Raptor legs. No, you're missing out, man. This whole brand. <laughs> All right, and your first FPO. What does he oh, say? Yeah, Why Saki's back? I gotta pull up the list. Is that Saki what he says? Bom- Saki oh, Saki bomb. Bomb. Saki bomb is back. Yeah, I need to start looking at FPO because I don't even. Uh, oh, FPO. I've got a. Oh no, I know my first pick. Dude, you're not going to pick her either, so I'm solid. You sure about that? There's zero percent chance you pick this person. What if I do? Well, you go ahead and pick Silas. All right, I'm, all right, I'm going with. Don't you dare! There's no way. He's gonna do it. I don't even know who's in your mind, but he's gonna pick her. If I'm you, gonna. It's a one in twenty chance. Don't you dare! I'm gonna go with uh, Kristen Tatar. Okay, That's a great pick. All right. Wow. She seems very athletic. Just picking the yeah. number one player in the world on both rankings. That's an interesting choice. Did you even oh, scroll? I didn't, I didn't even mean to do that on purpose. Did you even scroll, Silas? I, I, you literally just picked the I both scroll. number one players in the world. All right. Thank God. I'm going with Kona. Um, What's your reason? Well, first off, she posted a comment on the Instagram post that Disc Golf Pro Tour did that said, like, I have no problem laying out for a disc. So already mentally, that's one of the hardest things to do in ultimate frisbee is to like mentally get yourself to really? like lay out. You think you can do it? 
an I've actual laid out layout. For, yeah. An actual layout. I've laid out for plenty of stuff in videos just for humor, much less for when? a I feel like when? it's not that hard, Brody. If you have any Everyone ounce of athleticism... Well, no, like if you just, yeah. All it, right, I'm gonna, uh, we'll, like I'm laying out for a. All right, I'm pitch. putting, I'm putting it yeah. in the notes. I'm putting in the notes that we will do a layout contest, and I will see if you. I guys, mean, no, I'm not saying I'm going to complete the catch, but I will. No, no, no. I will. You're diving. You're yeah, diving. My body out. will be horizontal. You will be horizontal moving forward. Yes. Oh man, guys, we just got an awesome video idea. This is going to be great. It is. It <laughs> I've is done literally. That who knows how many times? It is literally one of the harder things for people to do because it, okay, why? you got to think. In basketball, if a ball is going out of bounds, that's not a layout. And I swan that's dive. That's not a layout. I'm. I know I'm not fully horizontal, but I'm jumping into not metal running, bleachers. But you're also not running not full diving. speed. You're not also running full speed. Yes, I to save a ball going out of bounds. All right, we'll I'm see. full sprinting and jumping into a crowd of people. Ella Hansen and metal is bleachers not in the top twenty. Versus no, she's twenty first. Yeah. Versus diving. We're on doing a top twenty picks. Field. We're only picking the people but, in the top twenty. This, I, I mean, Tony Panis is a good pick. I, I bet just, the people the reason, the reason you picked her. Is no, funny. I bet the people in the well. I mean, that's not the only reason I picked her. I'm just saying, mentality wise, I love I love seeing that from you know being a coach because we're coaches. We're not playing. If we're playing, it's over. My team's gonna win. Hunter, someone said you're getting hurt. How would I get hurt? Because you're gonna probably land wrong and break your break your clavicle. How would I break a clavicle? Right here, dude. I know what a clavicle is. How am I breaking that? Because. Land on your ultimate frisbee players that are way better than you break it all the time when they lay out. You'd have to like, I feel like I'm laying <laughs> out to catch it. Out. We're gonna and test then it out and hitting. We're gonna test it out. We're gonna test it out. You're acting like it's the most impossible thing on earth. I'm not saying it's impossible. Swan dive to grab a disc. I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm saying to lay out to where it's like you're actually laying out and catching a frisbee. It's it is the it, catching it does, part. I said I don't think I'm, like, but catching would be very hard. But what committing to lay out, like I've committed to way scarier things than that. Yeah. Okay. We'll see. If it looks terrible, I will tell you it looks terrible, and that's not a layout. Okay. Well, so it, we'll can't, it doesn't have to look perfect. I have to commit. Yeah, but if you're like, if your legs just like fall does out does underneath you count? and you lean forward like that, that's not a layout. A layout is you're running full speed. Yeah, and I'm going to jump. You jump off of one leg. Now you have to remember, I can't go jump horizontal. Very high. We're not jumping high. You're jumping out. Yeah, I'm going to jump out. All right, I'm we'll just, see. All right, you're up. Move it on. Let's move yeah, on. Do you have to catch it? No, no I said no, I probably won't catch no, it. No. Uh, I'm going... Man, this is tough because I thought for sure one of you would take in Paige, but I'm going Valerie Mandahano because mm. I think she... For some reason, she seems more athletic than Paige when pick. it comes to like fast sports. I could be way off there. <clears throat> it's a good pick. I also feel like she... like I don't know. For some reason, I feel like I feel like she'd be a better ultimate player and then MPO I mean I don't know I feel like oh. there's a reason y'all haven't picked Paul but I gotta pick Paul alright I feel like he's he would have been my number two pick I would have went Kevin Jones Paul but y'all both skipped over him which makes me think that I'm missing something but I don't think I am it's fine I mean Paul I mean, is, is five Paul? foot eight and could dunk a basketball how a few years Paul? ago uh, still in his athletic prime five foot eight and could dunk a basketball is he, he five dunk? foot nine or is he ten? Paul no, he's five dunk. foot eight. He can't right now, but like three years ago he could. Oh, he had a forty-inch vert. You have you not seen the videos? That's impressive. There's videos of him dunking on YouTube. I mean, we gotta see that. I'll look. I'll I just feel like if he had out. a forty-inch vert, I would have known about it. He probably doesn't right now. No, I'm just saying in general. 
five eight dunking a basketball, you have to be like. Or is he five ten? How tall is Paul? Let's f- no. figure that question I mean, out. I mean, even if you're even if you're six foot, you're. How tall are you? Your your hand. I can't up answer in the that because there's a giveaway going on right now that people are trying to guess my height. Wait, how? Oh. How? What? I'm less than six feet. I'll tell people that. What vertical oh, do you? Like... But he has. A, you have to remember Paul's ape index or whatever <laughs> it's called. He has very long arms. I know, but I'm just, very long arms. I'm just saying. Like, I, I bet his wingspans over six feet easy like could, so he, touch, he, could up, he touch the rim like with his fingertips wingspan, maybe isn't your wingspan supposed to equal your height? no one no one in the chat thinks paul can dunk <laughs> he can't dunk right now no i don't think anyone in chat paul. believes that he could dunk okay in no. general that's fine the chat doesn't have to believe the truth mm, okay all right what's your pick writing i just mm, is this mbo we're picking mbo now uh yeah all right, I'm going to go with, you know what I'm going with? I'm going, this is a little bit of a dark horse pick. A little bit of a dark horse pick. Gosh, I'm stuck in between two people. Who do I want here? No, you know what? This would, this would be, this would be a good person. They, I think they'd be pretty decent. I'm going to Andrew Marweed. One, because I literally thought when I played with him in Idlewild that he, I played ultimate against him. I like, I just thought it was someone that looked exactly like someone. Also, I don't know why people don't get this. We're picking the top 20 players in the world. Yeah. You're if only they're, picking if they're the top not, 20. if they're not in the top 20, we cannot yeah, like pick people them. People are saying big germ. Big germ's not big a top germ's 20 player top, in the world. Top 20. We can't pick them. So if you, if you're following along at home, open up your U dis rankings, Nico, top 20, top 20, not a top 20. Um, no, he's twenty second in the world. Yeah, so we're we're only can pick the top twenty in the world. I think Jeremy Andrew Marweed is thirty second. I think Andrew Marweed one has. Uh, I think he's even taller than me. I think he might be six. six. He's very tall. So I've got Calvin really? and Andrew. Also, you got the height. Something that you guys do want to kind of think about a little bit is just the wingspan factor of like being able to one defend, but also to like step out and throw. Like you have to be able to step out and throw. And uh, I think Andrew Marweed has shown that he's very, very good in the woods, can scramble really well. And normally that means someone that's comfortable standing in different, you know, awkward positions and throwing. So I got Andrew Marweed for my round three pick. Silas? Okay. Uh, I think I'm going with... I think I'm going with Hammers here. Adam Hammers. Okay. Not a bad pick. I feel like he's somewhat athletic. He's always wearing those jerseys and stuff. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Some of the least athletic people I know that is people true. walking around in basketball jerseys. If you, so wear, you, can't, you can't use that <laughs> and say he's athletic. Well, you know what? I did. All right. I, did. Oh. I, I said it. It's done. That's oh, incredible. That's Adam Hammers, you're on my he, team. I mean, it, it, he is athletic, so I, like, he, I can't say it's a bad pick, but to say that's the reason, that's funny. I love that. Uh, you got to have your FPO pick, too. You got to pick oh, twice. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's I'm funny. ready for that. Gosh, that's uh, hilarious. Top 20, top 20, top 20. I'm going to just start wearing basketball jerseys because Silas thinks I'm athletic. Yeah, man. Do it. <clears throat> that's definitely not the first thing that comes to my mind when someone's just wearing a bat. Now, if you're like wearing a basketball jersey to like work out or to do something athletic, then sure. But like if you're wearing a basketball jersey to, to the grocery store, I'm not thinking like, oh my God, that guy's probably so athletic. I bet he plays, I bet I bet he, that, I bet he plays basketball. I bet that guy's sick. I okay. bet that guy has a 40 inch Now, bird. if you look like built and you're wearing like college uh, like warm ups, then I'm like, that guy might play for play for college in town. Yeah. 
All right, Silas. But if he, wears, if he wears a jersey, I immediately go, okay, well, I know he doesn't actually play basketball. I need your pick, Silas. Okay, my pick is going to be... Mm, 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 mm. We're doing rapid fire here. Five seconds. Uh, I'm going with... Has anyone picked Paige? Nope. No. I'm picking Paige. I feel like she's she's got to be fast. Silas is literally picking everyone in the top t- five. All right. I'm going fourth pick. For my team of absolute punishers, I'm going to go with... Oh, I'm going with Katrina Allen. That's, Great pick. That's, I mean, she, she... she. I was thinking about that. She's not afraid of the gym. She runs already, so I think her cardio would probably be up there. Uh, the best, if not... Uh, one of the best, if not the best on the field. Uh, she's got great backhand distance, good forehand. Um, and uh, someone that's probably not afraid to hit the ground either. So I'm going Katrina Allen. All right, I'm going with Hina Blomroos. Ooh, that's a dark horse pick. I uh, love it. I don't know a ton about her, yeah. but I'm pretty sure she's lanky, and I know she can throw a disc really well. So, well, I hope everyone can throw the disc. Really that's well. what I'm saying. So I, like, <laughs> I, she's 20. on the top 20 <laughs> FPO. I know she has that. I know she has that you side locked down. Well. And like when I when I think, I'm pretty sure she has a really good wingspan. So, according to Brody, five minutes ago, that's helpful. So, I think... Yeah, having long, having long arms is very helpful. Um, all right. Back to MPO. Oh, has anyone picked Nate Sexton? No. You're picking Nate Sexton. Final answer. I'm picking Drew Gibson. Oh! oh the switcheroo! I'm picking Drew Gibson. I was looking right at the... I think Nate Sexton's a better thrower of an ultimate Frisbee than Drew Gibson. But I think Drew Gibson is the best athlete. Wait, what made football you change your mind? Man. What just made you change your mind? I don't is know. It, is it because what I said? No, it's because I, I looked down at Drew Gibson and saw Nate Sexton first. And then it was like, has anyone picked Nate Sexton? I am picking Nate Sexton. Thank you very much. That was a steal. I can't wow. believe I got him in the fifth round. Unbelievable. Yo. The only person in the top 20. Only thing I don't know about. Only person in the top 20 that has college ultimate experience. That is but a steal. I just don't in know. I just don't. The field. Absolute That's steal. I just don't round. know cardio wise. Oh, he's fine. Very, but handler. Like, I handler. Think, He'll I be think a handler. He'll I think be a handler. I, I don't know what that means. I think I'd rather have. He's not going to be running. He's going to be in the. He's going to be by the disc the whole See, time. Whenever I played chilling. ultimate, everyone runs. Yeah, because you don't. Again, this is goes, goes back to the idea that you could just show up and make an ultimate frisbee. Uh, Got to get out okay. to the uh, Monday night ultimate. Yeah. Game. Well, no, that, those people probably do just run around. Don't know what they're doing. All right, Silas, go. Your pick. I probably uh, dominate. I'm going with. <laughs> no one's picked Kyle Klein, right? No, no. Kyle Klein. He's okay. young. He's he's got a. Kyle again. Silas just sticking to the top he's of that gotta, list. He's, he's, he's you, not dropping out of the top. You know five. your phone can scroll. <laughs> I know it can scroll. Okay. But all these people. All right, you're in FPO land now. Oh, FPO. I'm going with. This is your last last FPO player too? So be you know you got Chris Kristen Tar Paige Pierce and who's who's the final. Uh, I'm going with. I mean, you only have a couple of ch- uh, options here in the top uh, five. I'll, no, <laughs> I'm I'm scrolling down right now. Oh, he's scrolling. He remembered how to scroll. Scrolling right here. Uh, I'm going with. Um, wow. Jeez, this I'm guy. Going with. I gotta make. He's taking this very seriously. No, he's he. Um, he doesn't want to get blasted in the comment section. I'm going with uh, Heather Young. Heather Young. Heather Young. That was going to be my pick. That's a good pick. So, yeah. There we go. 
I, I'll, I'll talk her up for you. She's a lefty. Lefties oh, are notoriously hard. It's very similar in other sports as well. You're always used to guarding a righty in practice. So when you have to guard a lefty, things are different. Timing's a little bit different. Always normally nice to have a lefty if you can. Um, and these are all handlers. Like none of these people like jump out to me as like going to be, you know, doing incredible things down the field. They could, but that's, you know, everyone knows these people can throw. All right. I'm going to go. You know what? I'm going to go with a little bit of a dark horse pick here, but I think she could be like one of the best. I'm going to go with Haley King. I almost took her last round. Yeah, I think I think she could be one of the best. I haven't really seen her run run, so I don't know exactly what that looks like, but she looks like someone that could be good on the ultimate field, so I'm going Haley King. I'm going with Macy Diaz because mm. she played college softball. That's okay. And I'm just sticking with athletes. People that I know are athletic, multi-sport athlete. I feel like you're gonna, and one of them is a disc. You're gonna be able to Do pick you up. Just know this stuff off the top of your head. Yeah, it's his job. What I listen, what I have to do. In college. Yeah, it's his That's, job. It's literally. I mean, I have to know this. He stuff. just stalks these people's lives. Uh, and then my final MPO pick. Mm. I'm stuck between two. One I know is athletic. But he doesn't have height, so I'm going with Kayla Visca. Dang, that's a good pick, Kayla Visca. That's my final picks, right? Yeah, that's your my team. My team's locked in. All right, my I team I am going to finish mine out. I've got a lot of height, and I've got Sexton there to to deal with the. Gosh, I'm like I'm like locked in right now. I really could just go anywhere. I don't really need a player. In the sense of like, apparently I, Marweed played college basketball. I did not know that. Doesn't surprise me, dude's a beast. All right, I'm gonna go. Did someone? Did you pick him, Brody? Yeah, yeah he's Brody on my team. Him. He's on my. I team. wouldn't have said that if y'all had, still were left to pick. And I was like, oh, dude, <laughs> we got a college basketball player on the lineup. I'm I'm gonna go with Chris Dickerson. I'm going with Chris Dickerson. Um, That's a great pick. I think I think my handler set would look really good with him back there. I think he might not necessarily have like the big. He does throw far, but I think his, the, his style of throwing. I don't think he would be jacking it all over the field, but I think he would be nasty at breaking the mark. And I think he could have a lot of potential on defense as well as he also shutting down handlers. Plays, unless I'm mistaken, I, he plays a lot of pickleball, so his cuts, his cut game should be mm, pretty good. Good quickness. Yeah. All right, so he's got good lateral quickness. Who's your last pick? All right, my. My last MPO pick is going to be the one and only Joel Freeman. That's yeah. a good one. I thought about that's him. a good you one. Know, he's going to show up. He's going to wear something flashy. Everybody's going to be attracted to him. <laughs> that's. I love, love Silas's reason. Well, another you know, good thing is Adam Hammond has to be athletic because he wears basketball. Joel, Joel Freeman, he's well, just going to distract everyone with his attractiveness. I, th- I thought he was going to go with the Joel Freeman's a Christian, and a lot of times people play ultimate at churches. Oh, that's also a fair good. one. I mean, it could. All right. Yeah. So let us know. Oh my gosh. Let us know if you're listening to this, uh, not on YouTube. Let us know on Twitter or Instagram uh, who you think's team would win. Or if you're listening to us right now, let us know whose team do you think would win. Um, my, We'll go through first. We'll go Hunter first. So this is Hunter's team. Hunter's got Kevin Jones. Hunter's got Val, Paul, Valerie Mandahano, Henna, 
Drew, Macy, and Kale. It's a great team. It's a very short team. Very short team. We're fine. All right. I got quickness. My team is Calvin, Kona, Andrew Marweed, Katrina Allen, Sexton, Haley King, and Dickerson. Silas, your team is Ricky, Kristen Tatar, Hammies, Paige Pierce, Kyle Klein, Heather Young, and Joel Freeman. Oh, man. Like All right. Team's good. Let us know whose teams. I mean, I think, gosh, I think my team is just stacked. You have a stacked team. I mean, I, here, the problem is it's a little bit an unfair advantage because I know how to like build out a team. You guys don't know what handlers are. And well, you also and all like you stuff. can look at your team and say it's stacked and then be like, oh, of course it's like I know it's stacked because I know ultimate. But like really, I could have the best team and like mm. you're just refusing to tell me. No, my team's stacked. My team's stacked. <laughs> I mean, I think I think my team w- wears your team out in the first 10 minutes because I just got athletes are running you circles. You have a point. He he does have a he, he does have sprinting. Height. The funny thing is, I'll need the height. funny thing is, my guys can jump as high as everyone else can the, reach. The thing the thing that's funny is Hunter thinks that my team's playing uh, man. We're not playing man. We're playing zone. zone. We're playing zone, bro. All, how are you, you gonna teach your team zone, zone? Man, we mean how are you gonna teach them to play zone? We mean how am I gonna teach them to play zone? I'm their coach. Yeah, but you got you got two seconds before we tee off before we start the round. That's fine. Before we, I'm trying to say game, and I said tee well, off and start the round. Every si- in between Everyone, every single hey, point, a lot I'll of slowly. people are saying Hunter is getting killed. Everyone and every I've never I've never been in a podcast room where the chat room's with me, and you know that feels good. Sometimes, sometimes I'm gonna, it hurts. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna take a picture of this and tweet this out on the uh, debate night Twitter. And say who who's winning, Boom. and then you guys can let us know over there too. Because I don't know, my team looks good. All right, we can start taking some calls. I want to hear because obviously everyone's getting all hyped up right now. On you know, I want some people to roast Hunter Peruge. Who is winning in an ultimate the frisbee? All in number. The call in number is four three four two one eight three six zero two. Again, 434-218-3602. Call in. Respond to that tweet with a poll so people can vote. Like add can we do, I don't think you can add a poll with a photo. Yeah, no, you got to do it like add and then say who wins. And then say who wins in that and add a poll. Oh. Um, so like add okay, so this is our ultimate Frisbee draft. All right, we do have someone. All right, we got someone. Yeah. Hello, can you hear us? Yes, how y'all doing? Doing pretty good. How about you? What's your name? Where are you calling from? This is Logan from DFW, and uh, I got a non-disc golf talk, topic for y'all. We, All love, right. we love those. Let's hear it. All right, so the college football, um, you know, one thing that we all love about March Madness is building up the suspense, right? And mm-hmm. I think the playoffs should be extended to at least eight teams, maybe 16. Um, you know, I know that Football is more physically demanding, but um, it builds the suspense, and you know you have those underdog stories. What, uh, did, what was, did you have a question in there? I might have missed it. He thinks it should be expanded to yeah. Like oh yeah, teams. no, no, for sure. I think I think too this year, especially we kind of saw that there really isn't. You know, Georgia still is kind of out there. Some people still think that they uh, 
you know, they're going to come back and, and win it all. But I think this year we definitely saw that there really isn't like one or two dominant, dominant teams. And especially if Cincinnati can do some magic and even if they just win one game, um, I think that would spice it up a little bit. But yeah, I think, I think you're right. I think six or eight would be great uh, to, to kind of, you know, I mean, more football for us too, right? Like who's complaining about that? Yeah, for sure. And I mean, um, you know, I'm rooting for Cincinnati just because, you know, the the uh, AAC doesn't have a lot of teams that have a chance to win it. And just to have someone from the AAC win it would be pretty cool. Heck yeah. But um, yeah, that's all I got for y'all. And uh, one thing I want to say for Hunter, you're nuts for saying that you'd rather play in cold weather than warm weather. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it wasn't just me. Connor, yeah, Connor yeah. Trevor, and Silas all agree with me. You know, I, I know I'm from Dallas, and I know that we don't really get a ton of cold. Like, it was 70 degrees today. But, I mean, like, come on, dude. You can't feel your hand. That, he, he claims that he can always feel his hands. Yeah. Dude, if it's, like, below 50 degrees here, I'm like, no, no I'm not playing. I, saw, I mean, below I, 50 is a great day here. I saw I saw a strategy of, of how Hunter keeps warm with his hands, and I will not repeat it ever or tell anyone. I think it's a pretty common strategy. I did not like it. <laughs> I mean, that's why you don't like the cold. <laughs> I appreciate you calling in, brother. Yeah, y'all. Have a good night. You too, man. Yeah, the cold thing. I just don't think you're winning on that. Oh, you guys, I'm voting for myself. I, voted, I already voted for myself. I voted for myself. <laughs> How are you so winning? Other people. Let's what? Oh, no, it's okay. I think I, I think, never I never win Twitter polls. Ever. I think the KJ, though, is, is, is I think it's and outweighing Paul. people. Is someone here, Silas? No. Oh. <laughs> oh, it looked like it looked like you answered a call. Yeah, I was waiting for you like, to be like, like uh, I was waiting for you to say we had someone on the line. Oh, uh, it was like a uh, survey thing that popped up. Oh, you're oh, taking you're taking a survey over there instead of answering and getting calls for us, Silas. Gosh, I need more people to vote. Oh, there's for me no people calling. Call in, call in. Well, you know, that's fine. No, so, sometimes the line goes down because people will be, too many send, people call they'll at send once. a screenshot where they called sixty times. We'll be like, we had like four calls. But tomorrow the voicemail thing will be full. I think I injured myself. We need it. We need a better system. We keep saying that, but there is no better system. Well, there is a better system. It just costs a lot of money. How much money? I don't know. I've never looked into it. Oh well. <laughs> I just know it's like an actual phone thing. Like, oh, we, we need we need someone sitting there. Like, hello. I was gonna hold, say we might please need, hold. We might need an hello, intern to hold. do it. Basically, yeah. Okay. All right. We should have someone there. Hello. Hey everybody. Hey, what's going on, man? Hey, so much. My name is Logan from uh, Yorkton Heights, New York. How you guys doing? Oh, we're doing great. How are you doing tonight? Oh, fantastic. What you I got? Have, uh, to- I got a quick topic for you. Um, I know we talked about, or no, we, you guys talked about a while ago, um, about how to get more money kind of to the pro purse. And I was just thinking, um, if we, if every, and we also talked about how you think the company should have to pay or something like that to get on maybe Jomez or to be spoken about on live coverage. Mm-hmm. I think every manufacturer should be required to pay the pro tour a certain amount of money through some type of additional disc sale. So if every, if you want your, your company to be advertised on live coverage, there should be some type of, you know, um, a certain type of disc or all premium plastic disc, you add a certain percentage or 50 cents per disc on top of it. I don't think any consumers or, or retailers are going to have a problem paying an extra 50 cents per disc or dollar per disc. 
if they knew that money was going directly towards the pro purse. Uh, why, wait, I, why would retailers get... I mean, obviously, I'm not saying this. Well, I mean, obviously, I have a, a side because we own a retail shop. But why would it be I, our job to yeah. pay the 50 cents? No, well, I'm, I'm saying so okay. if, if we charged... Um, I'm saying that I think a, re- a retailer could move the same amount of product. Um, so let's say a disc cost... A whole, I, I own a... My family owns a uh, retail shop as well. We okay. sell discs. So if a disc costs $10 and yeah. we sell it for 20 uh-huh. Um, if a disc costs the retailer 21 or 11, I don't think the retailer is going to have a problem selling that same disc for, for, for 21. So, so the retailer same, wouldn't it, be paying it. The fans would be paying it. You, yeah. So the consumer would pay a dollar more. And technically speaking, the, the retailer would be making a slightly less percentage, but the same dollar value per disc. I think fans would hate that. I, I, to me, think that- I think the answer is I, I don't see it adding that much value. Uh, commentator, instead of saying beat in mid-range, says beat in rock. I, I mean, if someone is with Innova and you are dying to know what that four-speed mid-range is they threw, it's going to be pretty easy to discover it's a rock. So to me, I think that like the manufacturers, if they want advertisement on the Pro Tour, just buy commercials, which they're kind of already doing. And yeah. that doesn't have to be a direct raise to the consumers because I don't think it, it doesn't make sense to me if if there was a royalty that had to come out, let's say it was like 10 cent per premium plastic disc if the retailer chose it. First off, I think that's crazy. I think retailers would rather just pay 10 grand a year or something to the Pro Tour to have that right. But if it was like a 10 cent charge per disc and the manufacturers decided to even put that onto us as retailers, I think you would already hear a pushback from retailers much less you know then retailers are posting like hey you know all our disc costs are going up by 10 cent because the pro tour did x y or z then people are just going to dislike the pro tour overall i don't i don't i don't think that ever works out in the pro tour's favor yeah i don't hate that logic i also don't um i don't see as far as the commentary side i I see it's pretty far from even the, especially if the commentators know the players, it's going to be hard for them to kind of hold back and say, oh, this is their neutral flying mid-range instead of saying the name of the disc that they know because they played with that person or they know their bag very well. Yeah, it'll, take, it'll take a little bit of time for sure. I'm sure there'll be some people that slip and, and say it, but you know, at, at a certain point, you, you want those people to be professional in the booth, and if they're professional commentators, then, you, then they obviously are going to get better, so... I think it's definitely something that could be that could be implemented. Yeah, I know we relate it back and forth to golf a lot. But golf, you know, you're hitting the same clubs over and over again. It's not like, oh, this guy put, you know, now he's throwing this disc versus, you know, the last three courses he threw this because this one's more wood or something like that. Mm-hmm. So it is interesting to know, you know, because, you know, you kind of want to know, okay, we're, this guy put an understable fairway in his bag because he's going to throw some flip-up forehands in the woods. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. That was pretty much it. Yeah, if right. you guys were ever uh, in New York for a bogey bro battle, the RF State Park, great course. Ooh, all right. We might take you up on that. Appreciate it, brother. Yeah. Let all me right. know. Take care, man. Thanks, guys. Uh, I, I just took away New York. Sorry, I just got lost. Playing disc golf in New York would be cool. Playing golf in New York is awesome. I've done it a couple times. I think it's a, I mean, there's a lot of courses in New York, but like near the city. 
I think you have to go like drive out on Long Long Island to get to a course. Is it like a little bit of a drive? Well, I mean, there's not a course in Central Park. Yet. All right, we should have someone. Yet. Hello, hello. Hey, guys. Uh, it's the uh, dark horse Andrew Wallen here. <laughs> oh, what's good, man? So I've got I've got two things if you want to tackle both of them. So the, the first one is so the, the Cloudbreaker 3 is dropping tomorrow. And so my first topic is that manufacturers need to figure out a distribution method. So tomorrow, Cloudbreakers are going to, they're going to drop both on Discmania's website as well as retailers. Mm -hmm. They need to, they need to pick one or the other instead of them both being released, you know, retailers and on the website. Why? So a, a retailer is in investing the money into, you know, buying them and into their infrastructure and all that. And then they have to compete. So they, they get, if you're in tier three of a retailer, you only got 15 discs. Mm -hmm. So now you have, you have to compete against the manufacturer who might have 2000 discs available in inventory. Mm-hmm. So you're just saying it, the, they should pick or choose either retailer or uh, themselves just because of competition, essentially. Yeah. Well, don't you? So here's a secondary question. Let's say that the Discmania in this case didn't release it. Uh, are you? I'm assuming that you run some type of retail shop by knowing the tier three stuff, or did you just yeah. see that somewhere? Okay, so uh, let's just say then they don't do it. Do you not think that as a consumer, they would immediately go to Infinite or Marshall Street or OTB or whoever is their, their main go-to shop as their secondary option and you'd have the, you know, the same type of competition there? Like as yeah, a consumer? I, yeah, I think there's, there's definitely going to be competition amongst among different retailers, but when you're competing directly against the manufacturer, uh, it's just in, in a lot of other products, you see a, a distribution method being, being chosen as to either you're direct to consumer or you're going through retail, but you don't see a lot of products where they're marketed both ways. Mm. Yeah. And I, I understand what you're, what you're saying. Cause I mean, there, there are some products that I agree with you. Um, but I, th I always look at it the way Discmania is doing it, I have no problem with simply because there are limits. There's only X amount made and everyone that I've ran into is, I mean, they're, they're going to sell out pretty much everywhere because there's a very high demand disc. I don't think we're going to actually get ours in, in time, unfortunately, but I mean, we'll sell them out the, <laughs> a few days after because whenever, whenever it comes in, it comes in. Uh, but a disc like this is so high demand because it's the Cloudbreaker DD3 and there's only X amount in circulation. Where I 100% agree with you, and I think it was an issue that you might have dealt with as a retailer, we avoided because of Trevor's mistake that he he was upset he made, but now we're like, thank goodness you made, was the uh, commemorative envies that MVP did. They went the other route of only going to retailers, I believe. They might have had some on their site, but they did like fully pre-orders and the issue it created, which would have created an issue with the DD3 or any other disc, was essentially however many you ordered is how many they made. So 
retailers were, are getting stuck with hundreds of these things because like if you're a big retailer and you have 300 and you're stuck with it who cares you're going to move 300 discs yeah if you're playing against sports and you get 300 because you're like oh my gosh i can actually get plastic for once and you're only selling it in person or you might be selling like a little bit online and now you have 300 of one disc that's a big chunk of your inventory yeah. and a commemorative disc the whole idea and the same thing with this dd3 or with you know, Innova's tour series stuff, anything like that. The whole idea of it is it's limited. And so I can, I definitely agree with you there of like, if it's, if they, they decide when we go to retailers and make it unlimited, then it just like puts a lot of risk on a retailer of like, if you get hundreds in you in like everyone else gets hundreds in then like best of luck to you. But in this case, I mean, I think that I don't have an issue with it. It's similar to Discraft releasing, the uh, Big Z Hades at the same time on their site and around the same time that retailers are getting them in. Um, you know, I think a lot of companies do it. One thing too is a lot of the manufacturers, Discmania, I don't think this is fully true of, but a lot of manufacturers aren't set up to handle direct to consumer. So consumers will choose to go to retailers first over manufacturers simply because they want to be able to pick their foil color mm-hmm. weight and disc color, or they want to be able to know it's going to be shipped to them in a few days, or they don't want to have to deal with the customer service of an entire manufacturing company over just a retailer. So I don't, at this stage in disc golf, I don't hate it, but I definitely think as disc golf gets bigger, it, it's going to end up being more stuff being released through, through retailers and less stuff through their sites. Yeah. So, um, not not to like keep on that topic, but I had one other topic I wanted to bring up real quick too. That Hunter, I think you kind of fall in the same boat as well. Um, so I'm at personally, my rating is about as high as you can go and still be an amateur in disc golf. But there is no future for me in MPO if I want to be competitive. I mean, you guys, I don't know how closely you followed Maple Hill, but. I had zero chance of competing against Paul and those guys. Uh, my, I did just shoot my highest rate around ever at uh, 1051. So I theoretically could compete. My best round ever could hit Paul's average theoretically, but are we at a point where you either need to add a, a higher level am division or maybe like a, almost like a minor leagues for, for the pros? Like, does there need to be, that middle ground there or is it just when you kind of get to the point where you're winning every am tournament are your options either retire or get smoked in pro because any any am tournament i play nowadays like i'll show up and just the entire field is going to rag on me because you know i'm i'm rolling in at you know quite a bit higher than everyone else in that division well i think so because I went through a similar thing, um, I, I don't know, it's been a few years ago, where I was like, I, MPO just seemed like a big jump for me, but also an AM tournament, I showed up and I was like, I my, I, I showed up and I knew if I played decent, I was going to win. Uh, and the boat I fa- found was essentially, and this sounds like kind of level you're at, of if you went to a AM Worlds or USAM, you would find yourself competitive of like, you're going to be happy in like a top 20 type finish because there's a lot of people there because advanced doesn't have a rating ceiling. You can be 1070 and be an advanced if you wanted to be, I believe I could be wrong there unless they updated it recently, but I know there used to be a thousand rated players playing am worlds 
simply because they wanted the Emerald title. But at local AM tournaments, you're smoking the field because lo- most local AM tournaments don't have players that are the top of AM, you know, the MA1 division. Um, but what I found was basically when I made the jump to local MPO, that was essentially the same level as high level MA1 at like an AM Worlds or something like that. Mm. So what you can do if you still want to play in AM Worlds and stuff like that is play local MPO and just deny cash. So then you're playing in the local MPO. Uh, there will be a few killers pretty much anywhere you go in the country at this point, but you'll find yourself being able to cash if you're at the top of MA1 and jump into MPO. Mm-hmm. You'll fi- be able to find yourself cashing and then you know go out and play a few big AM tournaments if you want to stay there or you know take the route of just keep playing MPO and if you win a local C tier, B tier, whatever, take some cash, it is what it is, and then play one or two Pro Tours just for fun while you still can. Or then jump into some silver series or something and just kind of have fun with it. But no, I don't think there needs to be another division just because like you, I don't think that there can ever be a true sandbagger in MA1. I don't think that exists because that's the top of advanced. If you're trying to play intermediate and you're good enough to be winning MA1, yeah, that move up. But at MA1, the top of MA1, a lot of the guys who are at the top there, if they went on tour, sometimes would be top 30 players in the world but they're trying to win AM Worlds first. So yeah. you'll find guys who are in that weird spot where they, they don't want to take cash, so they're playing MA1, but they should be MPO players, and like they're not baggers because M- that's what MA1's designed for. That's good advice. Yeah, I like the, the way that you explained your situation. Like I said, I'm in that exact same boat right now. So... Uh, that that's all I have for you guys. I, I do have one last thing uh, with Connor's video. I haven't finished it yet. Did you guys end up getting pizza afterwards? Because he hit the he hit the fairway on that one hole. We did get pizza. We have now got pizza twice thanks to you. So we we are we awesome. are rolling with it. <laughs> all right, thanks guys. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Have a nice night. Yeah, he was Connor's dark horse pick to send us money for oh, pizza. Heck yeah, yeah. I think the only way that you could be a, like considered a sandbagger in advance is if you're cheating of where it's like you used to play an open and then like you changed your name to drop into advance. Well, you can, uh, like you, like, you can like apply for am status. Yeah. But that's doing it the right way. Yeah. And then you can't, you can't, I'm saying the only way that someone can be like, dude, this guy's cheating is like, if you're playing an open under one name and you're playing an am under another name, yeah. Otherwise, Trevor's, it's like, Trevor's tried convincing me to reapply for my AM status just because I'm nowhere near as good as I was when I was playing tournaments. And he was like, you should do it because then we can like enter like AM doubles like and try to qualify for like US AM doubles. Would you guys like, be you guys be eligible for that? If we were both AMs, yeah. There isn't any like you can't be, there's no stipulations where you can't have cast or something. No, because if, if I got my AM status back... All of that would go out the window. I'd be an AM again. Oh, okay. It's just you have to have AM status. Yeah. But I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can get uh, AM status back. I also would feel very weird the first tournament, like walking back and being like, "Oh, I'm playing MA1." Like at a local tournament, <laughs> at, at a big tournament, I belong in like the middle of MA1. But at a local tournament, I would definitely feel weird, like showing back up, like, What's up after guys? playing open for a few years and being like, "Ha I'm back. I'm baby. back." <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got someone. Hello. <laughs> Hello, how's it going, guys? Oh, it's going good. How are you doing? Good. So, 
this is a kind of an old topic, but it's um, markers or whatever you call it, the people with the flags that mark the disc if they go in or out. Oh, or heck yeah. If they, what, yeah, what are they called? I think they're spotters. called spotters. Yeah, spotters, yeah, spotters or spotters. Mar- markers spotters. also could work. Yeah, so um, I went to the Hellertown match play, and it was, uh, it was like hole two. I think it was Nico versus um, Calvin. And, like, Nico throws it, and you can't see if he's OB or not. Mm-hmm. But the guy holds up the OB symbol. So then I was, I literally audibly say, Calvin's going to lay up and just win this hole automatically. Mm-hmm. So Calvin lays up and wins the hole automatically, basically taking all the drama, all the hype, all the fun oh, out of the game. I haven't thought about this. Just because, just because the, mar- the spotter was like, yeah, Nico's already dead for this hole. Just relax. And, like, as a fan who was walking around, it made it really boring, <laughs> but um, was was talked, Nico actually OB? Yeah, Nico uh, was like OB by foot, but it was like okay. over a little grassy mound. You can go back and cover it. And yeah, watch it. you I, might actually. Hear I think you is. bring up a really. I mean, most of the time, you know, some of these uh, topics that get rehashed, it's just like we talk about the same thing over and over again. But this is this is a this is a, uh, you bring up a good point because obviously I am not a fan of spotters. Uh, when they don't need to be there. Like, I don't think you need to tell someone that they're OB or they're not OB. I think the only time that should ever come into play is if there is like a, a rethrowing situation of where that for pace of play purposes, uh, you let the player know that, yo, you are OB, you need to rethrow instead of like walking all the way up to the green and being like, oh, I'm OB and then having to go all the way back and rethrowing. Um, but you bring up an even more interesting point in a match play situation because now you are actually giving the, the opponent information over where your disc is. And it's the same thing as like, you know, it would be super advantageous is if I'm going up against Hunter and Hunter throws a shot and like someone calls me and says, Hey, Hunter threw that shot to 70 feet. He's not going to make that putt. You can play safe and get out of here versus like me going and go, not knowing a hundred percent. Like, is that 50 feet? Is he 40 feet away? And now I have to kind of play that mind games. I think that's what you're talking about is like how that whole or that, that situation kind of made it uneventful and not suspenseful is because it's like Calvin knew like, Oh, he's OB. I can just lay up and win versus, you know, a shot that's super close. And now it's like, you put pressure on Calvin to be like, does he think he's in or not? I, I, I never really thought about that, but I like it. In match play, like yeah, could, could Calvin have not walked up and that's like, if there wasn't a spotter, are you allowed to go check? He has 30 seconds. After, once, he, once you address, once your you address lie. his lie, I haven't addressed my lie. I'm walking. No, up they changed the that rule though. They changed that rule. To say what? Um, it's it's like to where it's like when it's your turn. They changed that rule, and then they also changed that uh, the only thing that can distract you is people, I believe now. Mm. So like if a bird or something like that, like when you're putting, if a bird or you know a, a branch moves or something like that, like how players could like reset and then take another 30 seconds, Yeah, they canceled that. Yeah, in match play, it's definitely... Uh, in match play, it's definitely no. You a can't more walk up. You can't walk up there. It's definitely a more interesting situation marking someone. I'll, but I mean, you could say it's only interesting if it's really close. Because like if mm-hmm. Nico just chucked it, OB, chucked it OB, then you know. Um, but it, also if it's really close, do you trust the spotter? Would also be the secondary question. But that's also but, that's also my argument of like when someone throws a shot 
let's say like that's on like a hillside and you don't know if the disc stuck there inside a circle if it rolled away right like i won't know that until we get up there yeah so i have to play assuming probably you threw a good shot yeah but that's what i'm saying is like there's been multiple times where someone's called a shot ob and it's actually been inbounds yeah it's and you don't worse. know until you get up there yeah it's even worse but so if i was calvin i'd be thinking about that but i think that it i don't i didn't watch this exact situation so it's hard for me to speak on it but like to me, I think that the drama was in Nico's shot, if that makes sense. Because like the second Nico shot landed OB, whether the spotter said it or not, if Calvin was like, I know that's OB, he would have done the same thing. So like the drama was in the actual like flight and getting close to being back in bounds of Nico's shot. Yeah, no, I think I think the caller is saying that Calvin probably would have played that hole differently had the spotter not said it was OB. Isn't that one hundred percent? Because it was close. So <laughs> yeah. Calvin would have <laughs> Calvin would have Calvin, assumed that he was in sorry. bounds. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's my thing is like, I, so it would have, if I would have think Calvin shoots, I would have still assumed OB because I would have, or inbounds just because you, I, you always have to assume inbounds. I would have, I wouldn't have, have trusted the spotter. If it's, if it's really close, I'm not trusting well, the spotter. Well, he clearly thought it was OB because he laid up. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. He either knew it was OB or trusted the spotter. I mean, it's a foot away. I don't think he knew it was OB. I think he trusted yeah, the spotter. Yeah. You can all, you can hear the crowd literally be like, like we were all like murmuring, and then and then the spotter goes OB, and everyone's like it's OB, and then <laughs> Calvin throws it like forty feet into some thick, safe rough on the right because mm. he knew OB was left. It you was could, so obvious. You could were, you could like dark horse be like it's not OB, you got to go for it. <laughs> <laughs> They're lying to you. I got money on the line. <laughs> all right, well, is that all you got, brother? And then I have one question. Yeah, were you guys? Um, I think there's talk about you guys opening a brick and mortar store in the old office. Yep. Is that happening? It's happening. Yeah, hopefully wow. early next year. Yeah. It'll be uh, hopefully sometime in January. Is it'll the plan. be kind of like a smaller test space to like test the idea out uh, before we like fully commit to to having like a full blown brick and mortar. But we'll yeah. have to have a good, a grand opening. We're bringing. Oh yeah, we'll we're do, bringing we'll a ribbon. And Silas, you'll get us big thing of scissors. No, like, we'll we'll be able to like do signings. I want the and huge scissors, stuff, but oh, chop the rib. You, yeah, to yeah. Get the no, rib but there there will be the... a brick and mortar store, foundation store here early next year. All right, I'll take the trip down for the grand opening. Hell Perfect. Yeah, heck yeah. <laughs> All right, have a great night, guys. All right, you take too. care. I love that hang up. What's that? What is that? Uh, that Dukes is... of Hazard. No, no, it's a horn to Dukes of Hazard. Is the Dukes of Hazard horn? I've never yes. seen Dukes of Hazard. Somebody in the how would I... Wait, is it? I... How would I know that? How would I know? I've never seen Dukes, Dukes of, of Hazard. Hazard. So how would I know that? That's what it is. I feel like that's just a common song. No, is that from somewhere? That's definitely from somewhere. Dixieland. It is a car horn. Someone said Dixieland. What? What the heck? Dixie, what is Dixieland? Uh, Zach is no longer with us. What is Dixieland? I don't know. Why now I'm even more confused. <laughs> yeah, Dixie. I'm gonna look. Everyone's thinking it's from Dixie. What? What is that? That's kind of size <laughs> <is> game. Wrecked, <laughs> Duke. I thought okay. it was Duke some hat. I was about to say, is that is that the song that you hear from like an ice cream truck? I've definitely heard that. Is that in like Dumb and Dumber when he rolls? It's up? a horn on RV in the movie. My wife just texted me. and She's a hundred percent right. Right. The horn and what? It's the RV movie 
the horn of the annoying no. people. Yes, the other couple. No, but I don't. Burn, think, burn, burn, burn. That's a hundred percent it. No, it's that's where you're thinking it's from. Yeah, no, that's where it's in. It from, can be in from my head. multiple that's, places. No, that's no. where it's from. That's in my where head. it's from his head, but yes. I don't think he's saying that's where it originated. Yeah, it's been in a lot of movies. Yeah, no, Liz is Liz is right. Someone's that's saying Caddyshack, oh, which I think Dukes of Hazard. Somebody say Dukes of Hazard. Yeah, people are saying tons of places. So, it's that's the, just but it's definitely song. from RV. It's definitely. Oh, I was thinking of it from RV. That's thank you, Liz. You were thinking of it from RV. Yes, a hundred percent. RV is a good movie. I watched that movie so many times. Who's the main actor in that? Bateman? Uh, no, uh, Robin Bateman? Williams. Oh, is it Robin Williams? Mm-hmm. I'm thinking maybe another RV movie. They have like an awkward family, like a daughter and a son. Well, yeah, Robin Williams like is spo- they're supposed to take this big vacation, but he he needs to go on a work trip instead. So he oh, like pitches it as like song. we're gonna rent an RV, yeah, and take it and go okay. on like a road but they, trip. They, one of them's like goth, right? One or indie or not grungy. Wait, what's the word I'm thinking of? Goth is what you're thinking. Is it of. goth? But there's no, a, no. What's the, people no. are saying? It's from a song. It's not goth. It's it's lighter than goth. It's like alternative punk. No, no. <laughs> what's the word for someone that's like they're not goth? Is like they're long gone. This is like someone metal. There's a term for heavy it, metal. Yeah, but there's a term for like that type of person. Um, what? Emo, thank you. Oh, okay. The, the, is the girl emo? I don't think so. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got a call. Oh, man. All right. Hello, hello. Hey, guys. What's going on? Not much. This is James in Louisville. Uh, I got a multi sport uh, Eagle McMahon comment. Okay. Yeah, I think that Eagle McMahon is the most likely in terms of skill to be a multi-sport athlete specifically as a pitcher for you know MLB team he has thrown an 80 mile an hour sidearm baseball's weigh about 141 to 148 grams and i think that the skill set would transfer over extremely well interesting i definitely did not think you're going that route but now that you say that I could I could see it. I, I could see it. He's got the body type of a pitcher too. Obviously, he, right. he would tall probably, and lanky. He would probably need to put on a little a little lbs, you know, because he is he is a yeah. little on the thin side. Um, they got plenty of chemicals to do that in the MLB. He doesn't need to. He doesn't need a hit because I think that would be a problem, right? Um, he right. Does, he yeah. Doesn't, he doesn't Step need, up and bunt. You know. He doesn't need a field or anything. He just needs to freaking throw fastballs in there. So that would be interesting. The only thing I would, the only my only concern would just be like an injury concern situation, just because he already has like a shoulder problem. But I would love True. to see. I would love to see him throw a baseball, just to see how fast he could throw it. For sure. I think it'd be a great video idea for him, for sure. Because it's one of those things of where, like, all the stuff you said makes a lot of sense in my head of, like, yes. But then I also could see him throw a baseball, like, 10 feet over home plate at, like, 60 miles miles an hour. It's definitely, it would be interesting to see how he would throw a baseball because, like, your forehand form isn't a baseball, like, how you'd pitch. Yeah. Well, but if like, you look at like Scott Stokely videos, uh-huh. he definitely says that the form is very similar. It's just more leaned over. You can side you know? arm. You can side and he's it. supposedly got a 550 foot sidearm. Who, Stokely? Who does? 
Stokely. Yeah, Stokely. Stokely did. I don't know if he still does. I need him to teach me how to throw a forehand. He is well, when he was on the Nick and Matt show, shout out. He said he still has five fifty backhand, five fifty forehand. So we'll see. Heck he's going yeah. on. The, he's going on the tour. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, Heck yeah. I just sweet. know, like, for so me, I think we need to get Eagle to throw first pitch in a minor league game somewhere in Colorado. We can find this all out. That'd be sick. I don't think he'd do it because last time he did something weird, he threw his shoulder out. So <laughs> I don't know. True, true. But uh, but that's that's I've never I never thought about that. So that's an interesting one. Yeah, very cool. All right, sweet. yeah. Thanks for the call, man. Yeah, appreciate it, guys. Over under eighty five. I feel like my I felt like my ears were being cleaned out with getting just blown in nonstop. Kevin Jones is more likely to be a two sport athlete. Are you over under eighty five miles per hour? Uh, how far he threw? Uh, with no accuracy, over. See, I would disagree with you with the Kevin Jones one is just solely because the sports that Kevin like the just re- a kicker, a football kicker. He was a college football kicker. Well, why isn't he still? People doing are that? saying he's multi sport though. Why isn't he still doing it? I was just saying, I think he has, would have a better chance of being an NFL kicker than Eagle would have being an MLB pitcher. Oh, you, oh yeah. I think what that guy was saying, though, is I think that guy was saying, more, hopefully this is what he was saying, is like if they went back in time and like started doing that sport Maybe. At, at a young age. Maybe. I hope he's not I didn't that think that's Eagle what he was could saying. just pop on a mound somewhere and be able to pitch. I, I thought no that's way. what he was saying. I just didn't want to. Oh, I didn't okay. want to entertain it more because I. Yeah. The blowing in the mic was really messing with my head. Yeah. That's why I started laughing in the middle of it. I wasn't laughing at anything about Eagle. I was just laughing at the blow, and it also was so loud. <laughs> the other thing that's going against you also is how many baseball teams are there? There's 32 NFL teams, right? Mm-hmm. So there's I think so. 32 kickers on. They have, ba- they have backup. No, they don't. They have punters. They, there are no backup kidder, kickers. They have they have a kicker and a punter. There's no backup. Yeah, but that's two no. kickers. A punter is not. A punter is not. Hurt. They normally sign someone as soon as that person uh, gets hurt. They sign someone that's not kicking. That game they have like the backup quarterback or the punter or something. No, normally it'll be a punter. Like in hockey, but how you many have a backup goalie? How well, yeah, but hockey not Hockey, up. you're not worried about like hockey. You have way less players, and you have a lot of players that can play multiple positions. But in the NFL, you have very specific positions, and so you end up having to have a depth chart. And you have a salary cap and all that stuff, but how many? How many? Uh, how many uh, pitchers th- does an MLB team no, have? No, I know they have a lot. That's my point. I'm trying to think how many teams there are because if there's 30 MLB teams, I don't think any of that matters. And there's well, no, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I was just uh, from the being one of the top 32 thought, in the world versus being one of the top 200 in the world. You have probably a better chance. But what I was thinking. What, well, you also have to think there's probably a lot less people trying to be a football kicker than there are people trying to be an MLB pitcher. Thirty. Th- Matt May says there's 30 MLB teams. Do I believe him? Yes. I so that would be like 90 pitchers probably. 100 pitchers in MLB. What? Three a team or so. All right, we should have some. More. Okay, there's definitely more than three pitchers a team. There's probably closer to like seven. I know nothing about baseball. There's probably closer to seven or eight pitchers a team. Hello? Hey guys, can you hear me? What's going on? Hey, this is Derek from Oklahoma City. How's it going? Oh, we're doing good. Um, hey, so got a little bit of a dark horse topic for you guys tonight. Um, thanks for taking my call. So I just, um, I guess for context, I don't play a lot of disc golf, but I love watching disc golf. And uh, one of the things I've never heard anyone talk about before, but I've always kind of wanted to know what your thoughts were on it. 
I've noticed that uh, whenever I watch disc golf, all the pros almost on, you know, probably 75% of the drives are launching like a run up from off of the tee pad mm-hmm. to be able to throw. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've always thought that looked really weird just optically. Like, I think um, there's a lot of things that obviously disc golf is going through in terms of growing pains. And that's one of the things that just watching the sport, not really having played it a lot, looks really weird visually. Mm-hmm. Like you've got guys basically running, you know, half speed to full speed. Um, a lot of times having to clear some type of lip on the tee pad or even some mulch or rocks or different terrain and navigating that to then launch into a throw. It just looks really awkward and looks almost like a liability for the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just wondering, I, I noticed that even with a lot of newer courses like New London, for example, the tee pads are all pretty much built fairly traditionally. I mean, you see like the turf versus, you know, concrete and stuff, but I would love to see maybe as designs kind of progress, maybe some larger, lengthier tee pads to where people aren't, especially on like pro courses, aren't having to run up, you know, and, and clear huge lips and things. So yeah, it's um, definitely I'm just curious what you yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say it's definitely a hundred percent a financial thing. Um, concrete's pretty expensive. So when these parks are putting in teas and, you know, are having to, you know, basically fund these teas, uh, you know, they're basically trying to figure out like, Hey, how can we make a tea pad for cheap as possible essentially. Right. And when the disc golf pro tour comes in, it's not something, you know, making a concrete tee pad is not something that the pro tour can come in overnight and be like, Hey, we're going to fix all these tee pads. Also, I just don't think it's financially there yet for the pro tour to do that at these locations. Um, so I think it really just comes down to at the beginning. I'm, I'm a huge advocate also of the, um, parallelogram, I believe is that, is that what I'm thinking of? Rhombus? Am I thinking of a rhombus? What is that? What are you trying to do? A diamond? I think a parallelogram is literally anything with four sides. Yeah. So like a square is a parallelogram. It's lines rect- run parallel. A rectangle is a parallelogram. Yeah. I'm thinking, so maybe it's not a parallelogram. You're saying where the back's wider than the front. Yeah, I think that's a rhombus. Yeah, um, yeah, you're right. Yeah, so the back is like twice the so- tw- twice as wide as the front. So basically you also, cause I'm sure you've probably have seen a lot of people like run from the side of T pads onto the T pad. So I think that eliminates that. And then obviously getting a little bit deeper, you know, cause I think that you can just do a little bit of research, right? You just have like 10 guys go out and say, Hey, do your run up and you just take the average, not even the average, just take like the high end of like how much length they need for the run up and then boom, problem solved. What I would be interested is, uh, if if t pads were bigger, would guys still st- or players still start off the back of them just it's out a, of habit? It's a trapezoid. No, they wouldn't. I don't know. I don't think so. I've played on really big t pads, and I'll find myself standing behind them out of habit. Well, out of habit, but then you realize like you do one throw, and you're like, "Holy cow! I I messed up my footing because I try to get to the front, and I messed up." Like your throw should be like a time thing. No, well, players will like run certain- into their run up. And they'll change how many run steps they take into their run up. But I think they would change if if you had if you had like 
this this is a great example. If it was like a massive, if massive watch, keypad, but if it's like right on the edge no, where you're starting on the back, but I think go to step go to like a driving range, right? Go to like a driving range. I'm just, and watch I'm just people. saying short term because I think yeah. current players are so used to being off the back of the tee pad that I think it would be a weird mental adjustment to not have those first few steps onto it. But long term, I agree. Like why are why are we starting off the back of what we're supposed to be as a tee pad? Yeah, like that does seem weird. So it, like, it's I wonder if there should like that'd be kind of an interesting PDGA rule. Of like your entire run up needs to be confined to the oh that's a dark horse <laughs> confined to the T pad because then like course design could take that into account. James Conrad would be pissed. Well, course design could take that into account of like make a, a hole harder by oh, shortening the run up. Stand still, like it's like only three feet long. They can do like a one a one or two stepper for your drive. I don't know. That's interesting to think about. Yeah, that is interesting. I don't know if it's a good idea or a bad idea, but I think it's, it's a something bad idea, I just thought about. But it's interesting. Yeah, in, in terms of execution, I think maybe if you have a larger tee pad, you know, you run the risk of changing the angle of the drive. If you make it too large, you give different players different angles, advantages, things like that. So mm-hmm. maybe you almost create like a a launch zone where the tee pad's long enough to run up on, mm-hmm. but then you have to you like plant your plant leg within you know a certain zone, almost similar to like you know if you're running up on a fairway shot or something. Well, I've always said um, it'd be cool for them to have markers on the tee pad, right? So you have like two little red markers and then you can adjust where those markers are from day to day. So one day it might be on the left side of the tee pad. The next day it might be on the right side of the tee pad. Heck, maybe it's in the middle of the tee pad on another day. And that will, that would make that whole, uh, different. Cause I think that's also, you know, an argument of boringness. I guess a lot of some fans have is like, for a four four day tournament at the same course, you're literally watching the same shot over and over and over again. And it would be cool to see players be like the first day everyone was throwing backhand and the second day they changed up the location of where you could throw on the tee pad. And so like everyone's throwing forehand now on the hole. And that could be an interesting way to like change it up a little bit. I love that idea, bro. And uh, thank you guys again for taking my call. I've got a lot of other kind of perspectives that I'll try to call in later and bring to the table. Uh, Heck yeah, man. Pod. Thanks again. Of course. Take it easy. You're always welcome to call in. Uh, do you, do I need to do more crossword puzzles? A lot of people are concerned that I, they're saying that I'm always forgetting words. You do forget a lot of words. I do forget a lot of words. So I, I mean, I know right now my memory is terrible, but it's not like my memory. It's not one of those things where it's like, it's just gotten terrible. Like it's always been bad. I don't remember ever having bad <laughs> having good memory. I mean, that so, might just be something that's new and you just don't remember. But do I need to do like crosswords and Sudoku and stuff? Like, oh, I don't remember. Sudoku's sick. I don't remember I love anything from The Amazing Race. I, I don't remember anything. But, well, that's not fully true because like I've, I've seen people bring up a moment of it and then you it yes, sparks a memory. It sparks a memory. But yeah, like, that's, so you remember it. Like when someone said trapezoid, I 100% was like, yes, that's what I'm talking about. A rhombus is like a diamond shifted. But okay, well, saying amazing rate, not remembering something for the amazing so rate like, and not remembering a trapezoid is two completely different things because one's right, an experience well, and one is geometry that we're all trying to forget. I'm never trying to forget geometry. I, I hate love geometry. geometry. Cosine, baby. That's trigonometry or like tangent. calculus. No, that's what? Geometry. What did you say? Sakatao. Uh, Sakatoa. You know, Sakatoa. Sakatoa. Yeah, Sakatoa. You know Sakatoa. Sakatoa. You know Sakatoa. My geometry teacher was awful. Come on, man. Come on, man. You don't know Sakatoa? I got my geometry teacher was one of those uh completion grade teachers. 
I don't even know what that means. Oh, you could write it could be two plus two, and you write marshmallow, and you got it right. When did you take geometry? Ninth grade. Your ninth grade teacher did that. Mm-hmm. Complete all completion <laughs> grades. Well, ask him how many people were in his, his yeah, class. Yeah, like like thirty. Himself. No, we had thirty. And Liz. He had thirty people. We had thirty. You and Lizzie. My my. He's, a, he's, he's a, in your class. He's a five star athlete. I never once claimed that. <laughs> never once claimed that. I would Wait, like, so you were doing completion stuff in ninth grade? For geometry, yeah. Tenth grade, I got into algebra, and we didn't, like, you actually had to show your work and the normal math stuff. Was that, like, a game changer for you? Were you just, like, no, blown away? No, because sixth through eighth grade, that's how it was. Ninth grade was the only math. Was it just that, that was, teacher? It was just that teacher. Teach? It was that teacher, and it was the only time I had her was geometry in ninth grade. How long was she there? Did she have, like, that she thing had where been she there for fired? No, yeah. she didn't have tenure. Oh. There, that didn't exist. It was a oh, private okay. school, but she had been there a long time. So she and everyone was like, "She's the worst math teacher." Oh, okay. But it, was just, it is what it was. Well, no wonder you don't know Sakatoa. I mean, that sounds My familiar, gosh. but I don't remember what the frick that is. What's the most famous math day ever? March fourteenth. Thank you. Pi day. Pi uh. day, baby. Yeah. All right, let's take another call. Last call. All right, here we go. Last call. Hello, hello. Yo, what up? Last call of it. Heck yeah. What you got? Dude, we got Taco again here from York, PA, baby. All right, all right. <laughs> all right. Um, this could be subjective, but I'd love to know your guys' thoughts. Debate this if we need to. But um, I've heard you guys talk about this before a little bit. Um, player packs. I, I, I've you know been in all the way up through the line, MA2, MA1, and I just I don't think they're necessary for every division. And we've talked about you know, how to get money into the game and, and uh, you know, especially out with some local tournaments and stuff. And I don't know if there's maybe optional player packs. I just don't think every division needs to get a player pack. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that, and I can go back and forth if needed. Yeah, I don't, I mean, Open right now doesn't get players packs pretty much ever. Sometimes if there's like a sponsor that donates like a, a mug or a t-shirt or something, because they, instead of donating money, then like the Open players will get that, but... 99% of the time open players aren't getting players packs, but I agree that lower divisions like am divisions, it, it's not necessarily like a necessary thing. It's just going to be really hard to get rid of in disc golf. Um, yeah. I think that it should be, I think that you should get something, but I think it should be smaller, like maybe a disc or a hat. Uh, because like we every year for the Balfour Bedford, uh, our main tournament, we look at like, how are we going to up the players pack? How are we going to up X, Y, or Z? Because yeah. that's, that's what an am walks away from the tournament. A lot of times judging it on the players pack and the amount of payout. Whereas like a great example was we just ran the Turkey trot, just a normal run. And 95% of the value was on the actual run itself, showing yep. up and experiencing. What did we get? We got a shirt. We got a shirt and a, a cheap beanie. Metal. And a beanie. We got a cheap metal. We got a beanie. And, and then, then your bib. And then you got, um, they had like maybe some bananas and granola bars and stuff afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. So like. Most people are like, doing that race and they're thinking when they're paying the money, they're paying for the beanie only went to the first. Oh, can you, can you, up. if you're listening to the stream, are you possible to mute it? Is that possible? We're getting some feedback. Yeah. I got some speaker here. I'm taking off speaker. Yeah. Then you'll Let's be good. That. All right. No worries. Um, yeah, I think, I think that it's one of those things where I think short term, there's going to be a lot of pushback and people will hate it long term. I think it would be the best for the sport. If, amateurs 
cared more about like or not cared more but thought more about their entry fee being towards uh, the experience and the and like being able to play in the tournament because that would also allow entry fees to come down come way down yeah like yeah. imagine if entry fees were thirty dollars yeah I feel like I mean obviously we're not having but here's the other thing too think about this if how much is an entry fee right now for like a, a B tier probably like 50 bucks 50 bucks. bucks so imagine this too imagine if that came down a little bit and now instead of the TDs having to like really struggle and do all this stuff for player packs, if some of that money actually went to the TDs, you would not only exactly. get, you would not only get better tournaments, you would actually get better TDs because now TDs would be competing with one another because now you can make money. And so obviously you're going to try to have the best tournament and it's not so much on the player pack because that's the thing is like you could show up and the tournament could suck but they could have a really good player pack, right? If if they could if we could flip it to where now the tournament is sick, like it's a really well-run tournament, there's a lot of awesome things that go with it and it's not so focused on the player pack, I think then it's just going to be best for the sport growing it forward, especially like brand new players coming in. If the tournaments run really really well, they're going to have probably a much better uh, feeling leaving that tournament than leaving with a bunch of stuff that they're like they don't really care about because new players probably don't really care, you know, about whatever is in that. I mean, half half the stuff in player packs too are like stickers and like. Well, I think new players 10%. are the ones that get really excited about it. Uh, You're talking about new players that know what they're talking about. I'm talking about like someone that like just started playing disc golf and is like, oh, I'll play in a tournament. Yeah, they love new discs, new like stickers, stuff like but, that. But the players the that discs, get annoyed at it are the players who've been playing in advanced for years and they're like, I'd rather just have more payout yeah. than my 450th disc. The disc. new disc should be all should be paid for like you have to you should buy those like there should be like a retail spot at the tournament of where just like you're talking about the masters right when you go to the masters you go to the merch tent and you buy stuff from the masters it'd be the same thing as like hey this is my first disc golf tournament i want to take something away from it so you go and you get a disc you go and you get a mini you get a hat or something like that uh which would also generate more money for tournament directors which ultimately at the end of the day the more money tournament directors get, the better the tournaments are going to get. It's just that's just how it's going to be. So, I'm with you. Yeah. I'm with you on that. It's good. Like I, I've played a lot of sports, you know, and I've never had a player pack in another sport except for disc golf. And I've never bagged a disc that I've gotten from a player pack in disc golf. I think it's cool for you know a new player to walk away with something, but mm-hmm. I, I think it would be much better to have the experience be great, to have great TD start to enter the game now in 2022, 2023, that we can respect and trust to throw great tournaments than to have, you know, a, a couple of discs for, that might be premium plastic, maybe even not. Yeah, no, I agree with you. So we'll see. We'll see if this, if, we'll see if the switch is coming. Come on, bring it on. Love it. Thanks for calling in, man. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. I think he said he called in from York. There was a lot of people loving that. York represent. Sir Trevor's from. A lot, a lot of York Oh, York in the chat. Heck yeah. Um, well, there you have it. Another yeah. week of debate night has come and gone. I, I'm a, Do we take like a hiatus? What are we doing here? What, where, what where's everyone's mean? thought process? Are we running it back again next week? Why wouldn't we? Well, yeah. I just think, you know, like, I'm, I, you know, 
You getting burned out? No, I'm not getting burned out. I like I I love the this show. Guy. He's For not me, a podcaster. Well, man. here's the thing. It's it's one of the questions. Got to put your head down and no, grind. No, no. The question is is like do we want to continue going the disc golf only route? I mean, I do appreciate some callers came in tonight and didn't talk about disc golf. Love that. Do we want to go only disc golf because like like at a certain point what are we talking about? I feel like we talk about non-disc golf things. The hot and cold debate. What's the hot and cold debate? Oh, we're not rehashing it. No, I I, I know <laughs> what it is. I know, I know what it is now. I thought you were trying to miss because it's next week's Christmas week. Christmas week. Is Christmas next week? Next Saturday. No, I'll, I'll I'll be here. It's not like I have anything else going on. I'll be here. What I'm trying to say is like, and again, this is someone that you know. If you guys are listening to, you can drop in the comments or or hit us up on Twitter and stuff. It's just one of those things of like next week, what are we going to talk about? And then the week after that, what are we talking about? I feel like there's like, I feel like it's debate night. People call in. Just what we do, man. No, I get that. I get that. But I'm saying like, is this a potential, if it's a disc golf show, because grip locked, I feel like grip locked, you guys have other things, topics, stuff like that that you can talk about where you know people here they they want debates they want us to go back and forth and it's like at a certain point like at a certain point it's like what the heck are we doing brody's going through a midlife crisis right now no is no is no one we'll seeing be back that? next week i mean we'll be here next week hopefully you will be here as well does no one is no one understanding what i'm talking about though the season doesn't start until the end of february yeah, which means we only got like eight more weeks. Yeah, eight more episodes to talk about what is, we've done like the whole off season. Yeah, we're already like I know, but midway I, through. I know, but I'm feeling like there's nothing to talk. If we're if we're only going disc golf, if we're only going disc golf, we there's very few things that we can debate about unless we bring up topics that have already happened. You let people call in. Yeah, I know, but how many call ins tonight were actually debates of people disagreeing with us, or they're just asking us questions? If they ask a question, it might spark a debate. They're all good questions, though. Everyone's asked. Everyone's calling in, ask questions. I feel like some people are understanding me in the chat. You guys are not right now, and it's frustrating me a little bit. That's why we're on debate now. Because I'm wondering, like, is this a seasonal show? This is a debate. Is this a seasonal show? No, because we're not talking. We, we're not a news show. We don't talk about what goes on in the season. We are going to. What the heck? We're not going to sit here and be like, and the winner of last week. No, we're not going to do that. Do but, no, we're not going to do that. But I'm saying like. If Griplock's not a seasonal show, this sure as heck is it. No, Griplock can be more of a season. Griplock can be more of an all-round show because this show needs, this show needs like stuff to have. If, if it's disc golf only. It doesn't have to be disc golf it, only. We never claimed that. We, we called that, it debate That's night. very true. Hunter's got a point. We Does never want to play disc golf only. I know, but I it's feel debate like, night and we're on Foundation Podcast. But I feel like Neither everyone that's watching or listening are disc golfers. I mean, when we we talked about the Jake Paul Woodley fight to start the show, it was the top of the show. First thing we said. Next week, we will not be talking about disc golf. All right. Okay. I'll bring in topics because I have a lot of stuff to talk about like outside of disc golf. Planning the topics will be good too. What do you think I'm doing here, Sons? What do you think I'm doing over here? Apparently, son? running out of ideas. Apparently, that's what he's doing over here. Disc golf ideas. I'm just saying. What were we talking about? Disc golf. Which Stephen A. Like, jeez. <laughs> What's harder to play in woods or open? It's a great topic. No, in it's wood. not. Woods is 100% harder. It's not a good topic. <laughs> no, it's not a good topic. But do you guys see what I'm saying? Is like, we got to wait. 
I feel like for disc golf, we got to wait for stuff to happen because especially when I'm on tour, especially when I'm on tour, I'm going to have that insider knowledge. Oh, someone said best Christmas movie. The Grinch, not a debate. Which one? Jim Carrey one? Yeah, or? which one? The is Jim that the Carrey animated? One. The Jim Carrey one's the best one, the real God, one. I feel like, Home, one. I feel like I Home Alone's really good. I, I was about there. to say that. Home Alone's like Polar Express? Like, no. No. What? Silas, no. <laughs> Come on. That's not anyone's favorite movie. <laughs> hey, if you like the Polar Express, just like if you would have said, If you would have said Charlie Brown, I would have said no. You could have went Elf, I under- Santa Claus 1. Elf is a good one. Santa Claus 1. Above Polar Express. Oh, Yo, Elf, oh, Santa oh. Claus, Santa Claus. You'll shoot two. your eye out. Uh, I've uh, never Christmas, seen that. Christmas story. story. You've White never Christmas. seen you shoot your eye out. Uh-uh. Um, so many would go above. Polar gosh, Express. Polar Express is so far down. There. The the uh, the new cartoon Grinch, the original cartoon Grinch. I mean, I don't even I know think where Polar Express ranks. I don't Die th- Hard. I think I don't like Polar you just Express. Just like the Grinch too much. I don't think I like Polar Express like because I literally because watched of the cartoon, the cartoon animation. I don't like it. Yeah, the Grinch one. It makes you feel no weird. Polar Express. I don't like it. I don't know what I'm watching. I don't know. Like it's too. It was like they tried. Too close they tried to doing realistic. Real. They tried doing realistic animation before they were good at doing realistic. Well, yeah. animation. I don't like well, it. Yeah, it's an old movie. It's not that like, old. If they tried old. to remake that now, it would look stunning. Yeah. Oh, Gremlins. Just technology. Has anyone seen Toy Soldiers? Very underrated. No one's no, ever heard about it. Never heard Very of it. good movie. All right, we're bringing in next. See, this gets me hyped up because it's like I I don't I stress out over like trying to come up with topics to cuz like, oh, what am I going to talk about tonight on debate night? It's we like We can talk about Christmas movies. Like yeah. this this episode was fine because the Disc Golf Pro Tour posted out a lot of stuff and we got to like talk about some stuff there, but it's like what are we going to talk about? Someone dark horse, like, oh, let's talk about if Ricky's going to be signing with DD. I don't flipping care. <laughs> no, next week, next week we'll debate Christmas movies and best, best Christmas desserts. Oh yeah. What is that? You like what you show mean? up to a Christmas party. What do you like? I have to have that there. Have you guys ever had peppermint? Don't pie? don't spoil it. Don't spoil it. You gotta have it next week. I just don't think there are. Here, you know what? Show and tell. Bring in your favorite Christmas dessert next <laughs> oh, week. I don't think there is a like a. I don't. It's Christmas cookies. Okay, if that's yours. That's yours. But like, you can pick out like your favorite Christmas cookie. Right, but okay, in, that's man. yours. But what's, what? What other in. Christmas desserts are there? You'll see next week. Yeah, bring them in. All right, I guess everyone else will see next week. Uh, thanks for everyone that's called in. Thanks for everyone that's listening. We appreciate you. Uh, also, we are doing the podcast next week because it's the 20th podcast. We have to do a giveaway. You know what? It's, it's going to be a giveaway that's not going to be a disc either. How about that? Boom. Non-disc golf giveaway. What is that going to be? Probably a Frisbee. 